ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the Dynasty Junkies podcasts. I, I, I proud, sorry, I almost forgot. I'm a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. Um, and I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Uh, this week with my co host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Andrew, how's it going? Going good, Rocky. Always a pleasure to be in the second chair to your first chair. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, one of these weeks, I think I need to let you be first chair, and I'll just sit back and you can you can do all the hosting. You can set up the show sheet, and I'll just I'll just play off you. Oh no, you do a great job. Keep going. <laughs> I, I don't mind being second fiddle. This is perfect. <laughs> okay, and we have a, another great guest, as as we always do. Uh, this week it is Kyle Senra at Senra says on Twitter. Um, uh, from the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, among other things. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic, Rocky. Andrew, so I'm guessing you don't want to drive. Yeah, more <laughs> incubus jokes. We'll probably have more of those. Last time we pod together, we were we were trying to break a record for that. But yeah, it's uh, great to be here. Fun uh, talking with you last time we spoke, Andrew. And uh, Rocky, uh, glad to uh, be speaking with you this time. Yeah, I love getting you on here. We got you on here because, I mean... You've been a, a seemingly a big supporter of the pod. You're in the comments section a whole bunch of times. Like we gotta gotta get me out of the comments and on the show. So so it, we finally made it happen. More comments. Uh, Here we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have a, definitely a lot to talk about this week. Uh, a lot of times we talk about stuff from the past week, but so much has happened since week ended. That's mostly what we're going to be talking about before we get into our uh, our main segment tonight, which is going to be a, a rookie. Uh, rookie redraft to kind of see where we are on the rookies but first let's get into all this kind of crazy news that's that's going on this week uh, we're gonna some of the injuries first uh the big one everyone's already been talking about it derrick henry likely out the rest of the fantasy season out six to ten weeks and from what i've heard six is extremely optimistic so uh, it looks like if he comes back at all it'll probably be for the, for the playoffs for the titans maybe week 17 something like that and obviously, uh, that also Adrian Peterson was then signed by the Titans as well. So uh, I guess first, let's talk about Henry. Uh, uh, Kyle, are you, uh, what are you doing with Henry? Are you interested in acquiring him uh, as a piece for next year? Or uh, are you looking to sell him on teams you have him? Or, or is he just a hold? Yeah, I think uh, I just don't have him anywhere. So I would only <laughs> be looking to acquire him in, in the practical sense. But theoretically... I guess like the most of the teams that have him probably are doing really well. So looking to contend. So I guess what's the pivot off if, if you know, do you give Henry 
and a first to go get. Uh, I don't, I'm not even sure Henry in a first gets like a, a, a Taylor Swift. Like you probably have to go for the older guys like Henry in a first for Dalvin Cook. That probably gets accepted. I don't know. Depends on yeah. where the Dalvin Cook manager is at. I think it's so tough on what to do with Henry because he's obviously not helping you this year. But does anybody who's looking to next year want to grab a 27-year-old running back coming off a major injury? What do you think, Andrew? I mean, it's it's messy. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many people that are uh, Derrick Henry truthers when he's healthy. Uh, there are mm-hmm. a lot of people out there, and I was kind of in this boat a lot of the, the offseason and heading into draft season. I was kind of avoiding Henry. I'm like, I just don't know if he can do it again. I don't know if he's going to last the whole year. I feel like he had a lot of carries the last two years. That's going to catch up to him, and I'm not victory lapping any of this. I'm not saying I called it, but I'm saying if I was, I was already hesitant before, what recently happened isn't going to make me less hesitant. And I just think that the market for him, you're, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle almost. You're trying to catch the, the five people in your league that are interested in Henry also have to be five of the teams that are interested in rebuilding. And at this point of the year, I don't think you've got five rebuilding teams. So I, I think if I had Henry on a dynasty roster, I'm probably holding a couple of weeks to let the news die down a little because I feel like you don't want to make a snap decision. You got a lot of people, you know, sending really low ball offers. I mean, he is still going to be a valuable asset, but I think too, if you get a couple of more weeks down the road, you get a little bit more of a market for him maybe. So that's kind of where I'm at, but I'm definitely not going out there and acquiring him right now. I'm probably not selling him right now. I just feel like hold is the only thing you can really do. That's the only way I'm at with it. Yeah. That, manager. Sorry, Rocky. I was just going to say, that's kind of where I'm at too. I, I have a few Henry teams. Uh, I'm not really looking to acquire him for the reason I said, I, I don't, I don't really see the point in picking up a guy who's going to be 28 next year. If I'm going to acquire him, I'd actually probably rather wait until the, the off season. Once we get to the, to the non point scoring season, uh, it's all, you know, this, this guy's old. We, we, we forget about how great he was those first eight games, He's, you know, and the injury thing becomes even bigger. I think, uh, I think the fact that I, I think almost a lot of times when a guy gets injured, it's like that, Everyone says that his value, you know, gets increases the further you get away from the injury. I almost think it's the opposite here. It's like right now we still remember how awesome Derrick Henry is. And in five months, it'll just be he missed the whole second half of the season and he's going to be 28 and he's got all this usage and all that. To clarify what I was saying, I agree with you. I think I'm not saying to wait till the offseason. I'm saying if I have him, I'm holding a week or two. I'm not holding months. I'm not holding after the year. I'm definitely trying to get him off my roster, whether I'm contending or not. I think I'm, I'm selling him at some point. I'm just holding right now. Oh, yeah. I complete, I don't, I, no, I, I'm I, just saying I completely agree with you. You're right. That's a good caveat to add. Like, I don't think you're going to get more for him in, in March than you're going to get next month. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I yeah. think his I value is pretty sad. The other end, yep. Like, if I'm going yep. to try and acquire him, I'm waiting till the offseason when I think I can probably even get him a little cheaper, maybe. Agreed. Um, yep. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, I if, if I... I'm really not trying to move him probably on the teams I have him just because I, I don't know what you're what you're gonna get. If I could do something like what uh, Kyle said, maybe like Henry in a first for Cook, I might consider that. Uh, but but other than that, I mean, I, yeah, if I can get another stud running back by adding a pick, maybe. But like he said, you're not getting another young guy. You're getting a Cook or or, Zeke. or somebody like that. Zeke, yeah, exactly. Zeke's a good one. Yeah, Zeke in a first. I could see somebody bailing on Zeke, feeling like his tires are a little bit worn down and. Hey, you know what? I, I don't need this late first. I'm, you know, whatever it is, like maybe you've got three or four firsts and you're willing to give one up. I mean, yeah, I could see that. 
And I think like the teams that would be like interested in doing that is okay. I, I can rebuild in one year, like not really contending this year, but I, you know, whether it's you know injuries or, or there's certain things like you can see the path to contend realistically the next year. That's like the teams that should be interested. And again, maybe it's a team with an older running back. Maybe I mean CMC, right? Like do you do you pivot off CMC to get Henry? I mean maybe the Henry manager thinks okay, at least McCaffrey will come back this year and, and produce. So is is like you know. Can you get a you know, Henry in a first for CMC? Like those would be like the the types of managers the, with the running backs. You're already holding at risk, so you may as well take it on potentially more risk, but also get the uh, pick back to lessen that risk. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Um, so with him out now, uh, the Titans' offense is going to be very different. They have uh, Adrian Peterson now. Uh, the other guy everyone's looking at is Jeremy McNichols. I guess I guess most of us probably tend to lean towards McNichols because he has more PPR value. Is that where you guys are at? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely pro on the McNichols side. I guess I, I just think he's been in that offense longer. He's got he's younger. He's got a little bit more. I think he's got a little more talent at this point. I'm not saying he's more talented than AP at his prime, but Adrian Peterson's been on the couch. Sure, he's been going to the gym and whatever, but he's going to have to take a couple of weeks, I think, to get up to speed. If I'm being honest, and I don't know he. He worries me too because he's one ankle injury away from retirement at every single carry it could be his last carry. I mean, I, I just, I think I got him in two of my leagues of my 15 or whatever leagues. And one of them was in a fog of war where it's all blind bidding. And I just put it, I had a ton of fab left after the first round and I was like, screw it. Let me go in on AP. Right. But I, he, I got him in another league for free at $0. Like I just threw it <laughs> on there just to be like, Hey, maybe nobody will remember him. It, it sure enough. It went through. I'm not I'm not actively acquiring him. I'm not looking to go get him. I'm not trying to send him for a trade. And that actually there was a, a league, another league where I got him and I sent him away for a second round pick. And I'm like, that's an easy accept. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, gladly. I, I got Adrian Peterson oh, yeah. for free off waivers and I, you know, spent a lot of fat basically money. bought a second round pick. Exactly. And I'm <laughs> fine with that. Like it was a 23 second, right? I'm you know, two years out, fine with it. Like that I am ecstatic about that. Like I don't need AP on my roster. So yeah, I'm definitely on the team McNichols. I think he's probably gonna get the first chance and I mean, if he doesn't do anything with it, sure, maybe they turn to Peterson and see what he's got left in the tank, but I'm not excited about the Tennessee backfield anymore, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Kyle, you are going to say something? I, I won't let you go. Well, I was going to say, I like everything Andrew said about Peterson, I agree entirely with, but I also apply that to Jeremy McNichols. Like, I'm not excited about him at all. They don't really throw to the running back. Maybe that's how that offense shifts, but I – kind of get the sense. I mean, they've got Ferkser, they've got Pruitt, they've got Jeff Swain. I feel like it's just going to be maybe more tight ends more than anything, especially if Julio can't come back. Like those would be the, the pieces I think I'd rather invest in. Uh, if I'm like, again, the argument for McNichols being the pass catching upside. And I think, you know, in terms of who's going to score the rushing touchdowns, I think that's got to be Peterson. So I'd actually say I Peterson, I mean, I don't think McNichols has much dynasty value. So I, I kind of go with the guy I think can be the, you know, for the fantasy playoffs, who's going to be like the, the higher ceiling every week. And I think it's, it's Peterson with the touchdowns. I don't necessarily disagree with you. That's what I was going to say there. I actually did do, I, I have no interest in trading for either of them, but I right. got McNichols is owned almost everywhere before this happened. And in, in my, my leagues anyway, uh, Adrian Peterson was not, and I, I got him in a lot of places. I bet a bunch of fab because I think he is going to be a startable asset and that's very rare. Most of your waiver wire pickups in, in Dynasty, especially the ones I'm in, which are usually like 28 to 32, you know, roster deep. So 
most of the time you're not getting a guy you can start. And I don't know how often I'll start him. I'd probably need some injuries and things like that. But like, like Kyle said, I think he's going to score the touchdowns, uh, the, the rushing touchdowns they do get. I don't think that's going to be McNichols very often. And I do think he's going to get probably not for the first week or two, but I think once he gets up to speed, uh, he'll, he's definitely going to get a larger share of the, the the rushing workload. I think so. See, you know what I think uh, is funny though is that I, everybody's. I think this is probably the correct take. I think Tannehill's going to have to throw more, but Tannehill has rushed in a few touchdowns. I actually think Tannehill's the one that sees a benefit on all of this. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Peterson definitely has some TD upside, but I am. I've been entirely fine with Tannehill rushing it in from the two. You know, they used to give that to Henry to pound it in. I think it's going to be Tannehill now. I don't think it's going to be either running back. I think they're going to have running backs between the twenties. And when it gets in close, they're going to pass short passes to Brown or the, you know, the tight say, ends and just rush it in. I, I think it Brown. just, this is Tannehill to the moon season in my book, right? The, the biggest, I think the biggest, uh, I, I don't want to say benefactor of, of an injury, but I think the biggest fantasy winner in this is, is Tannehill. Really? I think that it just helps his value immensely right here because the biggest thing well, in his way has been that running game. And now that running game is not at all what it used to be. And I think that that, yeah, you're going to say the narrative could go, well, now the teams are going to know he's passing and all this. They're still going to run the ball. It's just it's not going to be leaning on Henry like they used to do. So I think Tannehill is the one that benefits here, and I'm I'm fine with that. I have him in a couple places, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's get them points. I feel like he's already had a really good ceiling. Like he could he could have games yeah. where you know on a few attempts could throw four touchdowns or run one in, like you said. But I think now the floor is going to ca- catch up to where every week you're going to feel like he could be a, a top twelve quarterback pretty easily or a top fifteen quarterback where he oh, hasn't right. really kind of. You know, he's been more of a, a top 20 guy uh, weekly throughout the, the season again with the, with the, the spike weeks there. Yep. Right. Yeah. This year. Yeah. He hasn't been what he's been the last couple of years and maybe he's been extremely efficient the last couple of years. Maybe this in- increased volume we're expecting will, will make up for the, the apparent lack of efficiency this year. So uh, I think that's a good point, Andrew. I definitely like, uh, like the Tannehill take there. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll transition to another quarterback here. Uh, Jameis Winston from the Saints tore his ACL. I, I had Jameis on a few teams. It was sad to see. He was doing well. He was keeping the turnovers to a minimum. They were winning, and then this happened. So, uh, is uh, I guess first my first question is, is is do you think Jameis ever starts again at this point? Is Jameis value dust, or or do you think that he he can still be a starting quarterback in this league? I think he kind of proved something this year. And it's funny, like he's going to be the first uh, player to get a, over an 8.6% touchdown rate over the last four years and not win the MVP. Uh, Mahomes <laughs> did it. Uh, Jackson did it. And then Rogers did it. Right. So he's right now leading the league in touchdown rate. And, and I mean, I know like, I think Stafford's at 8.1, you know, if he explodes even further, he could surpass that, but likely Winston's going to finish the season that way. Uh, and, and kept like, like you mentioned, he kept the, uh, the turnovers to a minimum. So definitely showing a lot of growth with decision-making, which I think was always the thing. I mean, the accuracy, I think was always there, the physical attributes, you know, he could put, throw every pass in, in the playbook, but can he make the right decision? Seems like that's been the case this year. Um, I wouldn't shock me if the saints can't get any other quarterback, if, especially if, if they, you know, struggle with Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. If he just ends up back with the Saints, the success he was having with them, you figured that at the very least they'll be a, an option for him. I mean, enough teams looking to get out on different quarterbacks. I could, I, he probably will start again. I, I think. Uh, so I, it's just again, this will be a recovery process for him. Um, but yeah, I, I actively like 
traded him away this offseason, so might be cheap enough now to go back and buy in potentially. Well, that's yeah, actually I what I was so. going to say. Yeah, I think I think Winston gets a job somewhere next year. I have a hard time believing it's on the Saints, though. I feel like the way that his injury occurred in the middle of the season like this, with Thomas sitting out and like that, that team is in a massive transition. I just don't see them bringing James back for one more year. What's the point? You know, they got Ian Book on their roster, who's a rookie who might not have anything in the tank. We don't know. Taysom Hill, of course. Trevor Simeon did all right. I mean, I just don't think that team is going to go back to him. And I to, do think – go ahead. I, I was just going to say, to Kyle's point, though, it, it might be hard for them to obtain a quarterback uh, in, unless, they, you know, somebody like a Rodgers wants to come there. And I think that they could actually still win enough with that defense that they'll, they won't be picking in the top half of the first round. No, I agree, uh, and that's, that's where I was going to go next. Like, I don't think they acquire one in free agency. I don't think they get one in the draft. I think the three that they have on their roster are who they go into next year with. In all honesty, I think this is one of those teams that I think is going to be in a couple-of-year rebuild starting now. And, and it's not easy for a team like the Saints to look at that, but, I mean, look at their team. They've got Camara, and that's about it at this point. I mean, that team is just depleted. I can't see that team being competitive next year, even with Jameis Winston, let's be honest. Like, even if Jameis was full Jameis, I, he's always been kind of bad for the NFL, great for fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not someone I usually build it. I would think you want to build a team around. So I think they they don't find anyone else. I think they let either let Jameis walk or find an offseason trade partner, who knows? Or, you know, maybe we find a way to work around this. But I think Jameis goes somewhere to be a backup. And in all honesty, I don't know if that's a bad thing for him. I think he's somebody that I'm looking to acquire for on the cheap and rebuilds. You know what I mean? Like, why not? And Superflex, you always like have a little extra quarterback luck. Maybe he gets a, a job somewhere. Maybe he goes to Indy and sits behind Wentz, right? And, and Wentz gets hurt and he gets a job in week two. I mean, that's the kind of guy I think Winston's going to be. I don't think he gets a starting role. Even this year, it was, remember in August, yep. everybody was talking about, is it him or Hill? That was this year. That's not coming off an ACL injury. <laughs> Imagine an ACL injury on top of that. This, the speculation is going to be nuts. So, I mean, I liked I liked Winston this year. I thought he was doing a pretty good job. I do think he proved his medal to say, hey, I got the LASIK. I can see now. Let's go do this, you know. But, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed because he was actually having a good year and that team needed him. So it's kind of a bummer, but I don't know where he goes next year. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a fun one to watch. I, I think I he was good. I'm sorry. Between the offseason. That's yeah, okay, Rocky. Sorry. <laughs> but like the main difference is like he didn't produce like this last season, right? Like right. he was on the bench. So like th- this year is kind of a difference between even the team's perception. Like they could have believed in what they wanted in practice, but like him getting the wins and him playing so well in games, I think is going to go a long way to kind of convince him. And again, I think like, like, I guess if Taysom Hill goes and wins them a playoff game, maybe not, then, then maybe they say, you know what, let's, let's build around Taysom Hill. But short of that happening, like, like, I guess, yeah, what, what would Taysom Hill have to do to convince him that he's the answer? Because uh, I think, like, Rocky, like, what you're saying, like, tough to, for them to acquire a team. I don't think they have much cap space, right? Like, they're still in, right. in some cap trouble. Like, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, you got to trade for them, too. You can't just – it's not even just the, the money thing. It's So what else are you giving up? Maybe whatever they give up helps free up the cap space. Maybe that's – maybe that almost is an advantage for them. So we'll see. Uh, would would it be like I almost wonder with Winston is is the advice the same thing as Henry like the teams that are rebuilding that are that have another quarterback that's risky like like a Jared Goff a Sam Darnold which I, Garoppolo I, I maybe? feel like yeah, like one of those those, like... are, those are the those are the guys I traded uh, like to get for, by trading away Winston now I'm thinking oh what, what do I go back the other way right like are the is it like is the price swung where you again get Winston cheaper than them so 
that those would be like the, you know, when you already have uncertainty, a quarterback, if you can kind of give someone points this year who has Winston and was competing and get a pick back and like still manage to take on all that risk. If you still feel like you've got the same long-term risk anyway, may as well get the extra pick. So yeah. it's probably the same thing with Henry. If I'm not competing, excuse me, if I'm not competing as a, as a guy who likes to try and get cheap quarterbacks, I could see myself throwing, you could, I mean, I can't imagine anybody would expect more than a second for Winston at this point. Uh, I'm not starting not, there though. Yeah. I'm sending less than that. You yeah. Know I mean, if I land there, so, fine, but I'm starting with like a, a bench player in a third, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, let's just that, see so like Slayton in a third, like one of those guys, it's like just clogging your, your wide receiver bench. Start with that. That's what I'm probably doing. Yeah, well, I think I, I think the other team might want something better than Slayton to, to put it in their line. If you're if you're giving away a, a quarterback, even one who's hurt and you don't know is going to start again, I still every think... league is different, Rocky. You know this. <laughs> there are some leagues out there where that trade flies through, smash accept, and you feel like you did a bad thing. And then there are other trades where they laugh you out of the league. They're like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Like, I always I always say this. This is in a hypothetical vacuum. That's all it is. So that's where I start too. I always like to say, "Well, why why start high?" What's the benefit of sending a second? Like, no, let's send a third. Maybe they say yes. If they don't, okay, then here's your second, right? Why not? It's a negotiation. Right. But, yeah, I think I, I have no problem with that. I just think it's probably going to land on a, on a at least a late second or something like that. But I, I definitely think he – I think Kyle's right. I think he could end up back. I know you're saying you don't think so, but I think he could end up back with the same just because I he don't could. know what yeah. – the even if they pick a late round quarterback, I mean, they still might keep him. Not late round, late first round quarterback. Uh, I still could see them keeping him there and him being the starter next year, and then maybe that guy eventually takes over or something. But, but yeah. So Jameis, Jameis is done. That but Taysom's got to be the guy, right? It's what we've been talking like that, but they've been cagey about it this week. Do you guys think there's any real chance it might be Simeon? I mean, I'll, I'll jump in here and I say, I think it, the only way I think it's Simeon is if Hill was still in the concussion protocol and hadn't practiced, he's out of it. He's practicing. Right. I think it's Hill. Today, I think. Yeah. I think it's Hill. I think the, the only way that it would, and Simeon's definitely a fine backup to Hill going into the game. You're not going to bench Simeon or have a healthy scratch at this point. Um, but I think the, with, I'd be more nervous for Hill than if he wasn't practicing and all this, but he is. So I feel like if he's back, I think he, Peyton loves him. There's no reason for them to bench Hill and wait. Like, what do they got to wait for? You know what I mean? Like, let's just get the guy on the field. He's the the pocket knife that everybody likes, and let, let's just go back to him. So I think Simeon's seeing the bench. But again, Hill's one more concussion away from missing two games or three games. You know what I mean? Like, Simeon's a terrific flyer. If he's available, I'm grabbing him anywhere I can in Superflex leagues because he's literally one injury away from starting. And that's really hard to find, especially on waivers in Dynasty. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird, weird, weird world we're living in this year. <laughs> yeah, and I think Hill will be really good for fantasy for himself. I don't know about anybody else in that offense. I don't necessarily buy into the uh, narrative that he's bad for Kamara. I know Kamara did not do great in his four games with Taysom last year, uh, but I don't. I think they're going to find ways to scheme Kamara the ball either in the passing game or we've seen they've been running him a lot more than they have in past years this year. I'm not worried about Kamara, but I think Taysom's basically only good for himself and no one else in that passing game. Do I want any parts of? I mean, you really didn't want anybody with Jameis even. So I, I like it even less with Taysom. Uh, and something just occurred to me as we were talking. Would it? Would it if you have Taysom, would you trade Taysom for Jameis? In Dynasty, no, I'm keeping no, Taysom. Yeah, but maybe points. just as 
Again, if like, can you bank on him like doing so well that he starts for the Saints next year? It might be just as much a chance as as Winston. From a fantasy points perspective, you'd rather have Taysom's points than Winston's points, I think. And honestly, you probably get Jameis plus because Taysom's, you know, if you're trading him someone Taysom for Jameis, you're giving them a starting quarterback. So that should be at least worth a first. Um, or, or yeah, a late first, I think, uh, or at least an early second. I mean, because Taysom's not a guaranteed starter beyond this year. So th- that kind of lessens the value a little. But most starting quarterbacks, you can usually get a late first or early second at worst for for, for those low-end types like Taysom or, or Heineke or something like that that you at least expect to start the rest of the year. Um, so I it's guess... It's funny. We, I just looked it up because uh, mm-hmm. I, was, I was curious. Who, who has started more games, Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon? <laughs> um, now they have the Hill listed with starts, but I think those might be starts at tight end or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, even, even so it's still Simeon. Hmm. So, uh, Simeon, Simeon is 25 starts one with the jets. I forgot about that. Uh, but, and, uh, Hill is 21 starts in his career. But I think again, starts. only, wow. only, I know only, I didn't realize he started that many games either. Yeah. Well, I, I, I thought he was, he, yeah, he had a 14-game season with the, the, the Broncos, Broncos, and right? he started yeah. every game for them. They went 8-6. and six. Like, he had a winning record that year, yeah. and then he was in 10 starts, 5-5 five and five the next year. So he had a winning record when he was with the Broncos. Hmm. So, right. like, he wasn't awful for them. I think he was better than Brock Osweiler was. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty low bar, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> better than Brock Osweiler. Because uh, <laughs> okay. Lobster, right? They're really low. They're, they're on the, on a, on a sea level. <laughs> Um, so this isn't a new injury, but Michael Thomas, uh, we found out is going to be out for the season. Get, sticking with the Saints here. I'll, Kyle looks I'll like victory lap this. I'll victory I lap this. I was, I said, stay away from Thomas. Like we we're there's no guarantee he plays at all this year. And I think this is just like oh, the, the timing of the surgery and <laughs> the fact that, you know, he was still dealing with an injury that he suffered. Like when we were drafting in August, it, at that point it had been like 11 months and it was still like, he's still not on the field. Yeah, they're still not even close to being on the field. Like how long is this going to take? And, you know, is he really injured? Is 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 he just no interest to play with this team? I, like, okay, I've got the going for two hat on, but I'll find my tinfoil hat somewhere. <laughs> when Drew Brees a couple years ago, now that has been couple years ago now uh but like spoke out and like oh the you know still understand why the players are kneeling all that controversy and then like he still played for the saints that year i remember thomas like shortly after kind of tweeted something out that was like really like like he wasn't happy with it is he is is this all still part of that like the team sided with breeze in that like and and brock breeze back and and He's still just I, mad I at, at Breeze no and the whole team, and he's team. he's saying, okay, well, if that's how you're going to play it for the next until until I'm as long as I'm on this team, I'm just going to do whatever I can to to screw this team over. Like, I'm not sure if it, it might be that because that's when he started. Like, I feel like that off season was he really started acting out. Like, and and the the drama Mike Thomas really started coming. So is that like you know if this is how this guy's going to act? Well, I'm just I'm going to be just as big of an annoyance and problem for the Saints too. Then, like, uh, I wonder if it's that. But uh, yeah, I uh, so yeah, I'm victory lapping on Thomas. Sorry, everyone. Well, I want to I, I do have an opinion on this, but it's not against that. I don't mind people saying, oh, I, I, I was out on Thomas. Of course, a lot of everybody was out on Thomas. He was going in the eighth or ninth or tenth round in, in August. You know what I mean? Like his risk was baked into his price. So that obviously a lot of people were out on Thomas. If he wasn't injured, he would have been a second round pick. Easy. Yeah. So, That's like, true. of course, everybody was out on Thomas. And after rounds and rounds and rounds, you're just sitting there going, Damn, but that upside is good. And does anybody remember Antonio Brown being a big distraction for the Las Vegas Raiders? 
right? And then, oh my gosh, he's never playing football again. Oh wait, no, he got signed by New England. That that all of that was possible. All of that was possible. There were so many, like his his variation from zero to a million. Like he had so much of a wide range of outcomes. The thing that I took took umbrage with, and I went to Twitter with this, was there are a lot of people out there saying you're an idiot if you drafted Mike Thomas, and I'm like. Highly disagree with that. It is not a personal attack spot. You can victory lap saying I called this or I was out and I, it came through correctly. But for me, this is an injury related thing that is luck related. Yes, you you picked the, the, the risky player and it didn't pan out. That's bad luck. It's not a lot of bad luck. It's a little bad luck, right? It's a little, hey, you didn't risk a lot. You didn't get a lot of reward. It's fine, right? And this is where I think that the difference comes in. There's a lot of vitriol, especially on the Twitter machine, of people calling people out and saying, I told you, you should have listened to me. You're all idiots if you drafted him. That's the line for me. That's not okay. Because like, yes, everybody knew that he was injured. And I wouldn't even say everybody. There were a lot of us in Scott Fishbowl in July, we drafted him. You know what I mean? Like nobody knew any of this. We all thought he had the surgery in January, right? So again, using this blanket statement in hindsight, in my opinion, is a little bit, it's, it's ballsy to me. Now listen, we don't know when everybody drafted. Right. I know I had a draft early August where Mike Thomas was supposed to still be playing. He went in the fourth round, I believe, not by me, but to someone else. And I was like, I think that's a good value. Like fourth round, good pick. Just because we later found out information and now know he's not playing does not make that a bad pick or does not make that bad process. We always talk about process over results. This is the results. We're looking at the results. You can't then go back and look at the process and go, Oh, that was bad. No, that process leading up to that was actually fine. In the eighth, ninth, tenth round, that kind of risk is perfectly fine in my book. There are so many players that went ahead of him. Ayuk was what, a third rounder? And I would argue Ayuk had the exact same level of risk, but a much higher price tag. But nobody's victory lapping Ayuk. He's not hurt, so therefore there's nothing to victory lap. Oh, no, 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 no. That was still a risky pick that people took a risk on. I'm fine with it. Take a risk. So you're saying a different kind of risk. Yes, of course. And yeah. that's that's actually where it comes down to this. And I was using and the, the the tweet that I, I made was trying to compare injury risk and sort of saying, like, if you're a chump or an idiot for taking Thomas, but you're unlucky because you took Derrick Henry, like, that's just not how injuries work. Injuries are unpredictable. And they're a part of the luck factor in this game. It's impossible to say I knew he was going to be injured in week nine. Nobody knew that. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew. Even if you're arguing, we thought he wasn't going to play for the team. It's all speculation. Everybody speculated. Everybody had a story. There's no right answer. So to then use hindsight and go back and go, well, I got that one right. Did you, though? Because the process is different than the results. And I know we're always talking about process is more important. Results are fluky. Results change all the time. We've got a lot of different metrics that go into factor into that result. Give me the process. And I do think taking a risk on a player like that is something people should not be made fun of. That's pretty much where I was coming down on this. Like, I don't mind saying I was out on him. I chose not to take that risk and I benefited. I got lucky. Right. That's entirely different than saying you're a moron for doing it. No, 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 no. That's the line. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't see it as much, I guess, as you did. Uh, maybe I need to pay more attention to Twitter. Or don't, maybe I, don't, or maybe I don't for that very reason. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the moron idiot thing, I totally agree with that. I, I do agree, though, with the people that said they, you know, that they were out on them because uh, w- once the whole surgery thing came out, th- there were definitely things about, you know, that this could last longer than just the pup list six weeks. Oh, for and, sure. And for there sure. was definitely, there's been, I think, hits all off season that, that, Going maybe even going back to last year, that Thomas is just 
he's a little bit of a malcontent and has no interest in being with this organization anymore is, is what it seems like. I mean, even going back to last year, yeah, but, I think but again, when I bring he was up supposed Antonio... to come off IR and he punched a guy in the team or something. And yeah, but I mean, I bring up Antonio Brown. Talent tends to win in those situations, right? And if he's discontent on the team, we had all of this time up to the trade deadline. And I think a lot more of this, and this has kind of been implied, I think a lot of this is, yeah, he's hurt again right after the trade deadline and he didn't get traded, right? Like that timing isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, right? That was him <laughs> saying, I went off this team. I'm not playing for them. They don't trade me. Well, whoops, I'm still hurt. That was always part of the risk. And that's exactly the same risk as Deshaun Watson. And you guys both I, took I Deshaun just... Watson and Scott Fishbowl, right? <laughs> Eighth like, round. Are you both idiots for doing that? No, of course not. You're calculated <laughs> riskers. We all are. You know, you're just saying, hey, the upside here is worth it. I'm not risking much. And the reward is great if it comes through. If it doesn't, eh, I drop him. I move on. That's exactly what it is. It's not like anyone's stupid for it. And I, again, I, I do have a lot of people on my timeline. I follow a lot of people I probably shouldn't. That were victory lapping it, not like you were saying, Kyle, where they were saying, I was out on him. I had a feeling this was going to happen. I'm glad I didn't pick him. That's a me tweet. That's saying, I am glad I, 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 me. Then there are others that are like, you should have followed me. You should have listened to my advice. You never should have drafted him. You're an idiot. That's a different tweet, right? That's a whole different mm-hmm. aggression. There's no reason for that. It's all risk. We Every player has risk. Every player has injury risk. Like, yep. Come on, man. Derrick Henry, right? Like, who was the number one fantasy that's player? Why, that's what? why I was comparing like, him. Like, like by far and away, the number one player in fantasy, what, like five days ago? Yeah. Oh, and now you're unlucky because you drafted Henry. Like, well, yeah, he got hurt. He was also way more expensive. And, and, and honestly, there was a whole bunch of narrative that he was going to get rode into the ground, too. So, like, what? I mean, really. That's what on. I was just going to say. Honestly, he, was, he wasn't the same injury risk Michael Thomas was because he didn't have all. an injury no. coming into the season. But... Yeah. He was, uh, given the usage the last two years, I had concerns. And I don't even know that his injury that he ended up getting was an over-usage type of injury. I mean, he, he who knows did something yeah. to his foot. But, yeah, I mean, that could have just been a fluke thing. But it, he definitely, to me, was, even though I, I drafted him at Scott Fishbowl, too, by the way. Um, and I, I, but <laughs> Who he else did you draft, Rocky? We need to know so we can avoid these players. Saquon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, a little but, <laughs> late on most of them. Oops. <laughs> Should have been through this two weeks ago. You say he was one in seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Year for me. Just curious, Rocky. Do you remember what round you you drafted Watson in? I got him in the eleventh. Okay, so I was I took more risk because I took him in the eighth, which is yeah. Andrew, what you're saying with Michael Thomas, right? So it's the exact same range. Looks like Thomas and Watson are about to score the same, so yep. yeah. made no difference. I, I took I took one risk but, for yeah, them. I, I, love, I love taking risks. I'm fine with taking risks. I think draft is exactly where you should take risks. I just don't like doing it with my first three or four picks, and that's why I didn't have any Henry on redraft teams. I did. I think I might have had him in one eliminator just because it was like eliminators are kind of fun, and I'm like, well, you always have, you don't want to be eliminated, so I'm always going for upside. So I took Henry in one of those, right? Okay, great. Well, now I'm going to be eliminated. You know what I mean? Like, okay. But like, and that's why I love I love risk. I'm fine with risk. In the later you got to go upside. Right. Yeah. And Scott Fishbowl specifically, I think you you got to go with risk. And, and, and this year, mm-hmm. 1,900 person tournament, yep. that was my thing. And I already had, you know, in my in theory, 10 starters at that point for an 11 starter league. Why not? Why not? You know, try try Watson there and. Agreed. If he had gotten traded this week, I think he would have played the rest oh, of the year, but unfortunately, could you didn't imagine? <laughs> could you imagine Twitter blowing up? I know. Not just fantasy Twitter, but like you've got legal Twitter, you've got NFL Twitter, you've got, <laughs> you know, woke Twitter, like everything. All of Twitter would just go nuts. It would have been awesome. But and alas, he was probably, if, if he was not on Houston, he probably was going to play the rest of the year because I don't think anything is going to happen legally until at the offseason and the NFL has shown no interest in. And doing anything until the legal process plays out, it Agreed. seems like so. Yep. 
But unfortunately for uh, my Scott Fishbowl team, which probably couldn't have been saved at this point anyway, and some, and some dynasty teams, I bought them uh, uh, cheap on during the offseason. It did not happen. So uh, the last one, uh, one more quarterback. This isn't necessarily an injury per se, but Aaron Rodgers, uh, first uh, he gets COVID, and then we have the whole he was – vaxxed he's not vaxxed now we thought he was vaxxed <laughs> that whole thing comes out he's definitely not playing this week and and from what i've seen from the protocols the earliest he can come back is next saturday so i'm wondering if he's even uh, the following game could be in question uh i, I don't know there's a, a a lot you know dynasty wise that we can take out of this because uh you know it's only at most probably two games but uh I guess the one thing uh, from a dynasty it's going to be interesting to see Jordan Love this week, and he could not be set up better for success uh, playing against the Chiefs defense. So, Kyle, Kyle, any thoughts on Jordan Love? And then I guess he's probably going to be the quarterback next year, right? You think? Yeah, I mean, everyone expects Rodgers to leave. I think, yeah. I, I know some recent stuff Rogers was saying, some good conversations between him and Gudikins. It seems like like that relationship just between the two of them is has been smoothed out. So I don't know. The more this season's gone on, the more the like the less convinced I've I'm I've am that he's leaving, especially like when he first returned to training camp. The way the contract restructured like Green Bay was already going to have to eat dead cap next year if they moved on from, but that increased. So suddenly, it like Green Bay's motivation to keep him has gone up, just basically since August. So I almost think it's more of a fifty-fifty at this point, and it might just be how does the season end, right? Um, and this and this this whole situation. I don't know that like I've heard some people on Twitter say that like I don't know if it's the team necessarily th- sees it as that negative. Maybe the fan base does, and I don't know if the, does that influence the decision. Um, I think, and you're you're right, Rocky. In the thinking, he m- might not play next week. Uh, the Geno Smith Jet uh, Seahawks, sorry, <laughs> Geno Smith the Jets. Imagine that. Um, but uh, like the Geno Smith Seahawks, I don't think scare you as that much, especially in Green Bay. I mean, like I think that's the one advantage is that Rodgers wouldn't have to travel. That that game's in Green Bay, so like if he get he get cleared Saturday and be there Sunday, but they have a bye the week after. I could see them just committing. We're going to give Jordan Love these two weeks. And uh, I mean, if you're already going to have him face Patrick Mahomes, might as well have him face Geno Smith as well. Uh, But yeah, in terms of what he can do, sounds like he's going to have the full complement of receivers. Looks like Adams is there. Lazard, uh, Valdez, Scantling's been activated off IR. That's still uncertain if he's going to play this week, but I think he's at practice. So uh, should have all the weapons. I don't know if you really want to play anyone outside of Adams or Jones, maybe AJ Dillon. Um, I'd venture Lazard in deep enough leagues. I think I've got one going where at least one where I've got Lazard going. So, I uh, think I played Naeem Hines in that league, so I'm already off to a good start, it seems. So maybe we'll test the luck there with Lazard. I have a start 11 league where I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to play MVS, assuming he's active. Um, But can you imagine, Andrew, especially if they miss two games, and the Seahawks' defense isn't particularly good either, if Jordan Love has two really good games the next two weeks? I mean, okay, it's possible. Um, I'm... I'm nervous for both ends of the spectrum. I guess where I'm at. I'm nervous for for if Jordan Love is terrible, what that means for the team, what that means for their choice, what that means for the fan base, like for fantasy and all this. I think the way that this decision and this timing has happened, it gives Jordan Love plenty of time this week to get installed as the quarterback. So they're not going to have that excuse where like, oh, last minute Aaron Rodgers can't play, and 
you know, we had to, we had to throw love in there. Like that's not going to be the case. So there's no excuse if it goes badly, but on the other end, if it goes really well, I mean, how do you, how do you go back to Rogers if he stomps the chiefs 45, nothing, you know what I mean? Like if he comes out there and just looks like a baller, how do you go back to Rogers, especially right away? And, and with everything going on, I mean, Rogers has already said he wants out of there. Uh, the trade deadline has passed. So, and I don't think that there was going to be a trade anyway, but this could be one of those things where they just bench Rogers and say, Hey, we're, we can't trade you. We missed the deadline. Our new guy is actually doing really well. We know you're not here next year. Ride the clipboard and, and let him learn from you. Like there's a potential here that Rogers doesn't play another down the rest of the year. Now, granted, that's a small, really that's think, a small down. I, I think that's no a, matter how good he plays, that will not happen. No, I mean, that's a small a, chance. That's a small chance. Cause Rogers could look at this too. And with all this drama and be like, I don't want to play. Like we don't know. Odell Beckham is sitting out. There's a whole bunch of craziness happening. Right. And I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying go grab Jordan Love. He's a QB one. I'm just saying there is a non-zero chance that Jordan Love takes this job. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not betting on that. I would have bet more that Michael Thomas would have played a snap this year. Right. Like that was less risky to me than saying this. What I'm getting at with this is the variance again, the range of outcomes for this. This game is going to determine a lot, not only about love, but the Packers organization. And I, I, I'm really worried if it goes well, what then? You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, like that would just break so many people. Oh, I just, I just think there's no chance. Of I agree. I, I don't think it's likely, I, but if it did, that's what I'm saying. My God. I think that would speak volumes to who really gets final say, right? Like I, I could see Gudikins maybe like I'm, you know, I, I still think like, I know everyone kind of tied that pick to LaFleur wanted Jordan Love. I don't see that. I think that was purely Gudikins. Like this is the stamp I want to make. Like Ted, you know, Ron Wolf brought in Brett Favre. Ted Thompson brought in Aaron Rodgers. So who's the quarterback I'm going to bring in? Like, you know, right. the legacy pick. I, I kind of got that sense. So like if, if the GM could really push it and have that authority to kind of make that call, I could see it. And I think that would, if, if love, like if, if like your scenario plays through Andrew and, and love forces Aaron Rodgers on the bench, then I think that'd be proof of that. Like who's really in charge there. But I get the sense that like that type of decision would fall to Matt LaFleur. And I don't see LaFleur going away from Aaron Rodgers. I like future hall of famer. One of the two, you know, especially the way Mahomes playing one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like, I think I, I, I agree. Like, like benching I think Tom almost like benching Tom Brady. He was the other best <laughs> quarterback in the league. Right. So like, it, I think if it's LaFleur's decision, I don't think there's any way he, he benches Rogers. Just to be no, this is it. Rogers I, has COVID. Not, so let's see how he recovers. Cause he, this might, too. this yeah. might extend beyond the bye week too. So listen, and I'm, I'm not one for hot takes and I'm not saying this is a take. <laughs> I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not predicting this. I'm just saying, what if it does like this yeah. whole year has been so off the wall with some of this stuff. Like, honestly, like, I'm not even predicting it, but, like, I'm just imagining if that happens, A, no one will have predicted it, except for me now on this recording, <laughs> which is terrific. But at the same time, like, no one will have predicted it. So everybody will be like, if what that the hell happens, is going on? You need to victory lap the hell out of that, Andrew. Luckily, it's being recorded. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot if you didn't draft Jordan Love. I told you this was going to happen. Like, no, 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 no. That's way off. No, I'm not victory. If this happens, I'm buying a lottery ticket is what I'm doing. Like, forget you guys. I'm going to do something better. But yeah, I mean, it's again, I'm not saying it's possible. I'm saying it's possible, not probable. There's a big difference in those two words. To me, from a realistic perspective, the one thing I'm thinking is if that 45 point scenario happens with the Chiefs, I'm selling Jordan Love instantly if I have him anywhere, because you can sell him not only look how great he was against a horrible defense, but you don't mention that. And <laughs> he's going to be the starter next year. I mean, uh -huh. you can you could at a minimum, I think you get a first. 
you know, especially someone, especially a rebuilder. Well, maybe not a rebuilder. Yeah. yeah, a rebuilder or somebody well, who's looking to rebuild quickly. It has when, to be an the big. League. I can get it starting. Yeah. Because you only have one week to sell it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> if you, that's you the have case to and Rodgers comes yeah. back, yeah, you got to be like a trade addicts league. Like, you got to get some people that are just that, going nuts. And you might just spam offers. Send it to yeah. every point. Every Send team everybody. in the league doesn't matter. Don't even look contender rebuild. I'm anyone who gives me a first. Like, and, and whoever yep. whoever clicks first gets him. And then maybe it. maybe a contender takes him thinking he's going to start the rest of the year and they're going to bet Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I'm not just to, if anyone's listening, I am not going to accept that offer. I'm just not. <laughs> to, to be fair, like, I don't think love's ever been worth a first, but that would be the mm. scenario we finally would become. I think at some point, maybe next year when, he, when everyone sees what he's doing as a starter, that's maybe when that, that price will come up there. But like he wasn't going in the first round of his rookie drafts. I don't think at any point he's been worth a first. So that would, that would be the scenario where, yeah, that's the sell but high yeah, for sure. He goes like for be. like three twenty and four and you can, you know, throw in, you know, he's going to be the starter next year. I think, I think you can probably get a first for him if that were to happen. Does he get this, um, the Matt Flynn six touchdown game? Oh, yeah, God. exactly. <laughs> um, Man, we, there's so much stuff going on here. We still have stuff, uh, m- multiple other things to get to before we even get to our rookie draft. We got we got to move this along here. Um, so uh, I think that pretty much is well, the injury stuff we had. Yeah, I, I definitely. Before we move on, I do want to talk about Ridley. I feel like we've covered a couple of these other ones, but I don't know if we've covered Ridley enough. And I, I oh, do yeah, think I this is worth him. discussing because Ridley is is an enigma, right? It's not an injury like we're used to seeing. It is an injury. It's a mental health injury. And I think this is something we need to normalize a little bit more, right? You can get scarred mentally. You can have issues mentally that cause you to, to affect your physical being, right? And I think we're seeing that here. And we've seen it a few times over the last couple of years. Um, I'm a big advocate for, you know, speak your truth, do what you got to do. If you're not fine, be fine, get fine, right? And and I, I really respect Ridley for doing this. I, I don't think 10 years ago, I don't think this would have happened, right? I don't think that we would have had the, the right landscape for this to be a thing. And I, I do respect and really do want to say that it, it's probably the hardest decision he's ever had to make is saying, I am not well and I need to take a break. That's so hard to do with the NFL and everybody focusing on you. But we're here to talk dynasty. We're here to talk fantasy football. As much as I want to talk about the real stuff, what are we doing with Ridley in dynasty? I mean, like, what's he worth? Is is he coming back in two games or two years? Does he pull an Andrew Luck and never play again? I mean, the, the, again, the variance on this guy is just through the roof right now. And it's, man, I, I'll tell you what, I will say this. I traded Ridley and Edmonds for Tyreek Hill two weeks ago. And everybody in that league was like, oh, he's going all in. And I'm like, it felt like a fair trade, right? Like Ridley is going to be the next guy, but I'm trying to win now. And Tyreek Hill and Chase Edmonds hasn't done much. So I'm like, I'm fine with this. That trade looks amazing now, right? Like, but I'm not victory lapping this. Like, it's just, I got lucky. You know what I mean? But I have another league where I've got him and somebody sent me a third. For Ridley. And I'm like, I can't take a third for Ridley. You know, I'd rather hold him for that price. So, like, I guess, and, and Rocky, as someone who's in a bunch of trading leagues, I mean, have you seen any Ridley trades go down this week since he announced this? I really, I really haven't. Um, I don't think he's been traded in any of the trade addicts leagues. I mean, I'm in like half of them at this point. And <laughs> well, yeah, once you, once you become co host, you get to be in multiple yep. leagues. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I haven't. I've seen some thrown out in the uh, the Cool Kids Club chat, the Patreon chat for Trade Addicts, and I, I think a lot of them were were fairly cheap. Um, like, like I, I I I know there was at least one that was like a second plus some 
not really significant player or something like that. I, I'm not moving him for that. Uh, I I would need at least a first, uh, probably plus something, probably plus a player. And I don't think I don't think most people want to give that right now because of the uncertainty. Uh, so again, much like Henry, to me, he's a hold, and maybe I'm just too high on Ridley. I don't know, but uh, I also think even like. I mean, people could argue he's been underproducing this year anyway from what we expected. But for all we know, I mean, this this could have been bothering him all year, whatever's going on with him um, mentally. And it, it may have been affecting his play. That's I, I kind of think it may have. So I think so, too. I think yeah. so, too. And, and I'm, I just because oh, I was curious if you had an answer. And I guess I'll, I'll let Kyle talk after this. I do want to hear his opinions here. But I pulled up DLF Trade Finder just to kind of see some recent trades. Because again, I, I think the recent ones are where it's more important. Like you can't look at a trade from a week ago. That that value changed so much on Sunday. But I mean, there's the the most recent one that comes up, and and I'm looking here. This is in a hang on. This is a two QB, so a super flex league. Antonio Gibson for Ridley in a second. Which side of that would you take, Rocky? Ooh, that's tough because I, I like Gibson more than most people Gibson do too. <laughs> or Ridley in a second, a twenty-two second. How about you, Kyle? Would Which one would you take, take on Ridley that? in the second? It's, it's funny because I feel like I don't like Gibson as much as many people, and I think I'd take Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but so I perfect. Do, I in rebuild teams, especially, I think I'm. I want to kind of like in the next week be aggressive on sending trades out to buy Ridley. Um, I want to echo what you were saying about like you know like the shout out to Ridley for doing this, and and also for for like putting the message out, like sending out that tweet. I don't know if he did it on other social media platforms, but like, I think a to not just for clarity for us, I think maybe more even for him just to like not hide from it, but also how many more people are going to be like, encourage that to like speak up and advocate for themselves, knowing that, you know, it, it's okay to, to look out for yourself. And, and it's like, it, you know, selfish is kind of a, a like a, a negative connotation all the time but you, you kind of need to be selfish in this world and and like you know make sure you're okay so you can help others and i think that's what he wants to do no football is his passion he's worked this hard for it clearly he's passionate about it I'm sure he wants to help his team but he also knows that he needs to take care of himself but i say kudos to the falcons because it seems like they've yeah. given no pushback on this at all like anything he's needed they've given and that's maybe where like 10 years ago, not every team would have said it. I like not every athlete it, it, like that. And those that would have come out and said it, I'm sure a lot of coaches would say, no, I'll just play through it. Like, so kudos on the Falcons. Cause it seems like that's been whatever he's needed. They've given, I mean, it seems like he was practicing all week, like kind of made, like maybe made the decision Saturday or, or Sunday, early Sunday to, to do that. And it seems like they've gone along and, and like, there been a, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to like hockey, but like even in football, there's been a lot of like negative, bad sports stories right now. And in certain, you know, teams not looking out for players, but this is a good one. So kudos to Ridley, kudos to the Falcons. Well, and the only other thing I want to put on this is it, it's this has probably been the the most stressful two years that I've lived through in, in my almost 40 years, right? COVID has been very stressful for a number of reasons. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of confusion and misinformation, and, and we're not going to get into any of that, but all of that adds up to mental illness in a way. All And I don't want to make it seem like mental illness is a negative. It's just we're all dealing with stress. We're all dealing with things. And there are so many things. I see it on Twitter all the time. People just, you know, having a bad time or lashing out or whatever. And it's like, I get it. You know, hurt people, hurt people. I say it all the time. And I feel like if you're, if you're in a place right now that you need to talk to someone, you know, like if you need to step away from whatever you're doing, I fully respect that. Take care of yourself. Don't feel like a failure. You know what I mean? Like 
Ridley did this at the top of his game. You know, we've seen other athletes doing this recently. And I think it's something, again, kudos to all of them because it's not easy. You know, this is not easy to do, but I think it's necessary. So I, I just wanted to make sure that we brought that up. And for fantasy's sake, it's it's unknown. Every league is so different. There's no way, there's no way you can have one answer and say, well, Ridley is officially worth this now. No, he's not. Right. That we 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 nobody knows. We're all just gonna guess and do the best that we can. And if your team has Ridley and you don't want him anymore, I get it. Right. If you're like, I'm done with this guy, I don't want him on my team, he's too risky. I totally get it. His risk profile changed in in a flip of a switch. Right. You don't have to hate the player. You can hate the game. Right. And his his game now for fantasy is very up in the air. Right. He could come back in two weeks and be wide receiver three. He could never play again. That that range for a lot of people is terrifying and they're not up for it. I get it. Right. And like you said, Kyle, I don't mind sending an offer in a rebuild just to be like, hey, I'll take some of that risk. Right. For low, low cost. Give me a, a little bit of reward chance. It's worth doing. But on a contender, I, I don't want him. I just there's no there's no way I could any points. If I'm contending, I need a guy who's playing. And as much as I respect and love what Ridley's doing, he's not getting me points. So he's probably off my team. I know we're going to play find me a trade later, but uh, in HQ2, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ2, I'm not doing very well at all. <laughs> I think I maybe have two wins or one win. It's it's not very good. That's that's an orphan I took over and have uh, tried to kind of piece together, go all in or not go all in last. Well, yeah, I guess kind of go all in last year. It didn't really work out. So now I've really committed to the rebuild. Uh, I got to do it properly. And like I've got Brandon Cooks is a good piece. And I'm wondering, do I have to add to Brandon Cooks to get to Ridley? If it is like, you know, is that a, like Cooks in a third maybe gets that done? Cooks in a, if if I've got late seconds, may have multiple seconds. That league, I'll I'll have to check. But like, I'm wondering what the pivot is from Cooks to Ridley. But I like there are so many wide receivers to pivot from. You could go from different directions. Like, am I going to give up a an elite player on on a on a rebuild team and get Ridley in a first back or, or something like that, or do I you know you know still get a receiver that's lesser valued and but you know, the gap is so is much closer than it had been. So like, bef- you know, maybe, you know, if you'd like before the season, you'd Brandon cooks and a, and a second probably would definitely not have gotten Ridley. But now no. I don't even know if I want to send that, like I get even get it for less. So uh, that might be the, the way there. So I asked you a question, but I just kind of talked through and never gave you a chance. So if you want to answer, feel free. Well, I, I think you're on the right track. I think cooks in a second for Ridley seems about right. Cooks in a third for Ridley seems about right. Like somewhere in that range. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's not a terrible offer. And if you're a contender, you need something like that. You know, you're good. You need points. I don't think that's a problem. I don't mind, you know, sending Ridley away for something like that. Cause you're not giving up. You're not throwing away his value. You're getting something back. So I like that. Okay. And Jay, just to tie this up, I just wanted to agree with you too, that I, I love that, that this is kind of becoming a more accepted thing. I, on, on my Eagles earlier this year, not a fantasy relevant player, but Lane Johnson had missed three games uh, for this exact reason. Uh, it wasn't known when he stepped away, but he came back. It was just personal reasons. And then he came back in three games, and he he put it out there that it was depression, anxiety, that kind of thing, mental health. And uh, we're seeing it more and more. I, I don't know if it was ever fully uh, disclosed, but I think the Wolf Fuller thing, a lot of people are, uh, oh, thought that was yep. a mental health issue as well. Um, it may just not have talk. been, but it's definitely happened over the last couple of years more and more. Talk hockey, uh, Jonathan Drouin for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, that that's a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, and I don't think he played any of the playoff games. And and he later came out this summer and said he was suffering pretty severe anxiety. And I mean, he's back with the team now, playing like you know pretty significant minutes, second line, top line at times. So 
yeah, I think uh, across sports, it's it's becoming uh, and and really society in general, not just the sports, but really every industry, it's becoming more accepted. And that's a good thing. Okay, and uh, to, we record on Thursday nights during the game. Just if, I don't know if either of you guys have JT, but if he wasn't the RB one in fantasy before tonight, he's going nuts out tonight. Eighteen Boom. for for one seventy two and a touchdown. Um, and and it's two not catches even over twenty eight yards, and we're in the, the we're in the middle of the third quarter as we record right now. So um, uh, I think he's pretty much solidified his RB one status in dynasty um, as the RB one at this point. Uh, he might be. I just had might, to mention that. Yeah. No, I think so too. I know there's talk at Swift at some points yeah. this year too. Um, yeah, might be again those two in the same class might be tied together. Pretty, I think they were picked like. Like within ten picks of each other in the yeah, NFL draft too, round, so yeah. they'll they'll kind of be tied together for a while. It seems. Okay, we are we are very well into this podcast so far, and uh, we still had a couple other topics on here. I, I think uh, I feel like I have to at least mention it because it was such a big news story this week. Is the is the Henry Rugg situation? I don't want to get too much into it. It's a horrible thing. He was released by the Raiders. If either of you wanted to want to comment on rugs or anything Raiders related real quick, and then we'll get into the rookie redraft. I'll keep it short and sweet. Drop him. <laughs> I've got one league where I'm holding him because it's a salary cap contract league and cutting player in, in, in with RSO. You, you cut a player in season, you don't save anything. So he's going on IR. I think I save like four and a half million and I can cut him next year and save some money. So that's, that's the only reason I'm holding him in one team because it, it would hurt me to actually cut him. Like it, it would, there would be a negative or I wouldn't gain the, the positive in cap space, but literally there's no other reason. Rocky, what do I always say? Context matters. That's exactly why context matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so w- what we wanted to do here was a, a mid season, uh, rookie mock draft, uh, we, we may cut it a little short. We'll see. How, maybe we'll lightning round it. We had planned to do two rounds. Um, maybe we'll just briefly go through it just to give you our, you know, where we're at on these guys and see how it might have changed. Uh, it, it's a 12, we're doing this from a 12 team PPR Superflex tight end premium perspective. Just uh, at midseason here, just seeing what we think of the rookies now. And uh, I gave the 101 to Kyle because he's the guest. So we'll get right into it. I took the 103 in part two because I, I didn't know who the hell I wanted to pick with those first two picks. So, because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have three guys in mind that I, I, I'd be fine with, and uh, I'd like to see what you two, two do first. So, Kyle, why don't you start us off and we'll just briefly comment on We're not going to get too much into talking about them because, you know, we already have an hour and we still have to find me a trade. So, <laughs> I feel like everyone knows who these rookies are, too. Like we're yeah, not right. going off the board. Like, let exactly. me take Dion Jackson first overall. And, let me tell you about little, this undrafted yeah. <laughs> free agent who I think is still on the Colts. Yeah, I, and I made a little bit of a you know I made a board for this to to do it as I as we go along, and, and I, I think it's I noticed too. One thing I noticed is that I think our first round is not going to be that far off of what the first rounds were back in like May. It might be the order is going to change a little bit, but I think we're going to see a lot of the same players maybe one extra guy sneaks in that was the second rounder last year but anyway kyle you go so kyle's gonna start with kyle pitts at 101 and i think yeah part of me was thinking okay i'm gonna go quarter which quarterback do i want but then the again you i know you guys have both spoken about this on on this show and various shows know your format right the tight end premium 
I mean, you know, in tight end premium leagues, I expect Pitts is probably going to be a first round startup pick next year. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, depends on number of teams, of course. Uh, but like that's, he. I mean, he might, I mean, a lot of people are already kind of saying dynasty tight end one anyway, entering the season, but now that he's gone and produced pretty well and, you know, Kelsey's had a disappointing year, Waller Kittle have been injured. You know, I don't think anyone's going to say Mark Andrews is the tight end one in dynasty. So it kind of almost feels like Pitts is going to be kind of universally held in that way. Even I, I know I was a little cold on the rookie tight end, but even I'm coming across to now. So Kyle Pitts one one. I'm sorry if that took too long. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, Rid- Ridley Truther in our chat says, go as long as you want. The Thursday night football game is a joke. Uh, without the great Mike White. So uh, <laughs> so he, he's watching and he's fine with us taking as long as we need to. So uh, if he's okay with it, I guess I am. So uh, Andrew, that brings us to you at the, the 102. Well, I'll be honest. I, I kind of figured he would go with the, the T-Law pick and leave Pitts for me. So I'm I'm flustered. I'm on tilt. Oh my gosh. Um, but at the same time, I, I am not going quarterback either. I'm going Jamar Chase. I just feel like the way that this this kid is is shown how he's – He's dominating the league. Yes, super flex. I tend to like quarterback early, but if we're doing this with what we know now, Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked terrific. I mean, really none of the quarterbacks have looked superb. None of them have landed and been like a stud quarterback year one. I don't know. Give me the stud Jamar Chase, who is the 101 in DLF ADP right now in one quarterback leagues. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. So yeah, give me give me Jamar Chase. My homer pick here. My Bengals guy, Jamar Chase. I'm feeling the love. Uh, that was one of my big takeaways from doing this was that, uh, you know, and not that I didn't know it already, but just thinking about all these guys is, yeah, none of these quarterbacks has, has stood out. And uh, it, Trevor Lawrence has had his moments, but he's had a lot of bad games too. And Trey Lance hasn't gotten on the field really. Justin well, like none Fields of them have been look good. Yeah, none of them have been busts per se. Like none no, of them exactly. have been like a Josh Rosen or something. Well, and you're just like, man, Zach we missed Wilson. on that. <laughs> Hang on now. That's still not entirely true. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, just none have of them to... have wowed, but none of them have killed. So they're all kind of blah, which is why if I'm going 102, I want the the yeah. Give me the, the upside with Jamar Chase. I just had to get that out there. Zach Wilson hate is kind of my brand at this point. So. I know. <laughs> Stay true to you, Rock. Oh, You're up so next. You made, what do you got at 103? Yeah, you made this tougher for me. If you had, yes. uh, if you had taken T-Law, I would have taken Chase. Um Know your draft, right? And talk about knowing your settings. Knowing who you're drafting against is important too. I am in part because we're picking every three picks, and I know I can get a quarterback at six. I am going with Najee Harris. (laughs) Uh, I I love Najee. I loved him coming out. Uh, The volume is is ridiculous. Uh, The fact that we don't know their quarterback doesn't even worry me that much. I mean, Ben is is checking down to him. Uh, if the quarterback is not that great, he might just keep checking down to him as much as Ben did. And Pittsburgh historically is always, uh, at least as long as Tomlin's been there, always fed one running back. So I don't see the volume decreasing. I guess the only worry would be with the quarterback situation is how good is the, I mean, the offense is horrible. That's going to hurt them. Uh, but they're at least functional right now. He's putting up points every single week. Uh, I, there was arguments. I, I, I said I think JT is the RB one in Dynasty, but people were throwing Najee in the conversation uh, a week or two ago. So, rightly so, he's worth I it know, in the conversation. Yeah. Yep. And I know I shouldn't super flex. Probably be picking quarterback here. Uh, it's kind of crazy that we're three picks in and none of us took a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but is uh, it though? 
<laughs> but I'm going to take Najee. So it's back to Kyle at the 104. Which, I mean, I guess, like, again, I was saying, oh, yeah, Pitts is the dynasty tight end one. But, yeah, Najee's not that far off. And even Chase really isn't that far off from being the dynasty wide receiver one. So, yeah. I think he is the a, dynasty wide receiver now. one. Yeah, oh, okay. I, never mind. I was wrong then. Maybe I should. Well, I guess November. I was wrong to take Kyle. I mean, that's not official anywhere, Kyle. I'm just saying. I think that a lot of people are thinking yeah. that way at this point. Yeah, I think wasn't this his worst game this last week? And he scored, like, 13 yes. points in full PPR. So, like, that's, that's pretty incredible. I think like Devonte Adams had a season like that in 2018 where he, he scored, I think yes. it was at least 16 fantasy points every week. So that's if you can get that type of floor. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. And he's doing uh, it yeah. as a rookie. Yeah. So here, here we go at quarterback and I almost did make this pick at the one Oh one. And it's funny because I feel like the rookie season is, is very similar to another quarterback that, you know, pretty close to being the, the overall dynasty QB one right now. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm going to say Justin Fields. I think, at this wow. point, QB5 Kyle's last week, he, spicy. <laughs> he's shown the ceiling. And I think, you know, maybe after, you know, after the rookie years, for sure, everyone was taking Baker ahead of Lamar Jackson. But I think it's no, like, at this point, you'd much rather have Lamar Jackson than Baker Mayfield. And I think for Dynasty, we're going to much prefer to have Justin Fields over over Trevor Lawrence or any of the other quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, I think, because he didn't really have that great of a game. But he had 100 yards rushing, and again was the QB five. So if he, if he can do that, and yeah, Matt Nagy's not going to be there eventually next year, hopefully. And then and it seems and like just, he hasn't ruined him completely yet. So yeah, I'm gonna just trust coincidence him. that he wasn't there this week, right? <laughs> His best game of the year. <laughs> okay, Andrew, 105. Trevor Lawrence, just put it on the board. I, I'll <laughs> I'll take him at 105 in every single draft if you let me. So yeah, Trevor Lawrence is an easy pick. Your turn, then, Rock. <laughs> real quick though i do want to say i love that fields take i don't think it's wrong i don't think it's bad it's a little bit ahead of what i would probably do but i don't mind it i just traded for fields in a rebuild i sent pretty much a first and some junk pieces for fields happy as hell with it so yeah go for it yeah i i love it i i justin fields was my 102 uh, you know coming out and i i called him 1b to trevor lawrence's 1a uh so so yeah i don't hate it i i would probably put lawrence ahead of him at this point still but uh i can't i can't, I can't get mad at it so that leaves 106 to me and i will take trey lance I, i've made my my worries about trey lance known I, i'm not super high on trey lance the main reason i would be taking him here though is that 106 is super good value and I feel like I could then turn around and sell him for 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 a whole bunch once he gets into the starting lineup. Uh, even if he's not playing well right away, he's going to run the ball a lot. And there's so many Trey Lance truthers out there that, that that I could turn him into to way more than I could turn any other rookie on the board here into. So even though I don't love him, I, I'll take the value and then I'll I'll trade I'll take him at the one of six and then sell him for like two first when he starts playing. Trade for value, draft for need. Or no, the other <laughs> no, opposite. The opposite. No. The opposite. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were so close. Uh, damn. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm just drunk. No. Um uh but uh I do I do have a question just because we've talked about those three quarterbacks. Imagine that they go went back to back to back. I don't like I remember I did a startup uh, and I was sitting at the the uh one ten took Russell Wilson thinking, okay, one of those three is gonna fall back to me, right? But no, the next three picks right in a row. Like didn't you like and like all three of those rookies were borderline dynasty, like first round startup uh, guys. I 
do we think they're going to fall after their rookie seasons? Like, are any of them going to go in the first round of startups next year? I'll be honest. If Nagy leaves, I could see fields maybe because of the potential upside. And and I think in the off season, in the non point scoring season, a lot of dynasty, especially startup dynasty people that are kind of getting into it or starting a 30th league or whatever are looking at that. Like this is the year and the eternal hope and all this. Um, I, I don't know if, if, anything can change other than Lance getting the starting job later this year and balling out. Maybe that changes his, his value up, but I don't see a lot of them really getting higher. And I think I'm with you. I think at the, at that one, two turn, that's, man, you're asking a lot right there. So I don't know. I don't know. They might, they might fall from there to like mid second, but not far. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure they do really. Everybody loves the young guys. Uh, There's so many ages in the dynasty community <laughs> and uh i just think i yeah i mean uh, i think that lawrence is going to be in the first on my no matter what happens this year i mean unless he starts throwing like three picks a game the rest of the year or something and he'll have the narrative too that probably urban will be gone so that he'll be even better oh that's so, a good point that's a good point yeah yep. uh and even if he's okay even if Urban enters the year as the coach, like he might get fired midseason, or he's not going to yeah. make it past year two, like like that'll, like it won't be like the long term stink. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, did you you didn't make a pick there, did you? No. One hundred seven. No. No. So I guess yeah, it is. It's it was so hard. I'm trying to like distract. Stalling. Stalling. About it, but yeah. <laughs> I think ultimately, like real, like the way I'm thinking about it really is between one of two players, and maybe that, that's already a hint, and it's just like going at different positions. But I'm gonna go with the guy that I had is my wide receiver too, uh, or at least rookie wide receiver too. And it seems like that's kind of held true. And it's Jalen Waddle kind of becoming the alpha, at least from a target perspective, getting, you know, garnering a a ton there kind of surpassed really everyone on that team. And uh, you know, last week was probably a poor example, but he's also shown to be pretty efficient with those targets too. So uh, build around the tight end and the wide receiver and and the quarterback. Uh, Yeah. Weird for me to go this deep in and not take a running back. I love running backs, but uh, yeah, (laughs) Jalen Waddle it is. I don't hate it. Surprised me with every pick he's taken so far. Yeah. I I like it. it. (laughs) Bring in the heat. Bring in the heat. I'm a fan. Well, I'm up next at one Oh eight. I'm I'm torn between two players. Also, I was I was torn between three, and now it's two. So, I mean, Waddle was in the, the top of the two, but I think looking at the at the way this draft is going and the and what we know so far and everything like that, I think I'm going to go with another receiver with Devonta Smith. I think that he's still. I, I mean, again, I don't I don't hate Mac Jones. I don't hate the other you know other guys on the board and thing like that. But I just think that Devonta Smith's probably got a longer lifespan and longer shelf life, whatever you want to call it. And I I just think that you know that team's going to need to filter through him at some point. So. I mean, he was a lot of people's second, you know, 102 pick kind of a thing in one QB leagues, at least. So, yeah, give me De- give me Devonta Smith. I don't think that's a bad pick there at the 108. Yeah, I'm a big Devonta. He was my wide receiver, too. Uh, before he landed on the Eagles, I am not a homer. Um, but uh, sure. I, He's shown flashes. and uh, uh, But I'm glad that you guys went receiver because you guys took the guy I would have taken at 107. Uh, I mean, you passed on the guy I would have taken at 107, which is Devonta Williams. Uh, he was my RB2 coming out. I, I know it's not been great statistically, fantasy point-wise this year, um, but he's looked great. I mean, he's every game, it seems like he has some game, you know, some run where he's 
great looking run where he's breaking a whole bunch of tackles or doing it after reception. He, and he is decent in the passing game as well. Uh, I think a lot of us expect Gordon to probably be out after this year. Uh, so I think next year it could be to the moon. I mean, he's, He's like I said, the tackle breaking ability is what everybody loved about him, including myself coming out of college. And it's translated to the NFL level. Uh, if you look into the, the, you know, the stats that talk about, you know, his ability to, to yards after contact and things like that, uh, it all looks great. So uh, I'm going with Javante and uh, I'm guessing we may see another quarterback or two here before the end of the first round. Yeah, I was thinking that Javante was the other guy I was thinking. So uh, definitely a good pick there, Rocky. And he takes Williams and he's gone. You know, he, he knew he knew he stole him there, right? Like he right. wants to get out before we call the police. Uh, <laughs> no, so uh, yeah, I think uh, this is this is tough here too. Uh, sitting at the uh, I do math right, one ten. Um, I guess could really go in any position here. Really, I think I think there's there's one guy at each of the four positions that could all like say like they're worthy of being this 109 pick again knowing the format does tend to lead towards quarterback so i think that that is where i'm leaning uh okay i'll lock it in yeah mac jones here we go there we go uh, yeah mac jones at 110. yeah <laughs> uh, you know i think probably would have been zach wilson before the season but just because it's been so bad and like andrew we're talking about like all the rookie quarterbacks have struggled does Mac Jones have the most fantasy points out of all of them? I mean, he might. He Actually, might. maybe after last week, it might be Fields. But, uh, That's true, like, yeah. it seems like Jones has struggled the least. Like, he's, like, not completely fallen apart ever, had these just, like, complete awful games. Like, we've really seen the the bottom for all of them. I mean, with Lance, we just really haven't. Like, the, we've seen the bottom is that he's not getting on the field. Uh, but, like, with Fields and Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson, certainly, we've seen them all look absolutely awful jones really hasn't bottomed out like that and and, and you know he, the lack of gaining rushing yards and that type of uh, floor like production really does leave him as like a you know he's a high ceiling guy on a week-to-week basis but also like super low floor you know you, you can it, it you know it's not i wouldn't want to say Tannehill because Tannehill seems much more mobile but it's i guess like kirk cousins is maybe his like career outlook at the, at the highest end and I mean, like Cousins has been a top twelve quarterback really each of the last but three four years, like um, yeah. even before he got to Minnesota. So like if Mac Jones could ever carve out that type of career, like you'll love that. Like that's you love that in super flex leagues. You can and you can always buy him pretty cheap too. But like though that's a type of player where the production's probably always going to almost always outweigh the value on it as well. So this is also maybe not drafting for the best value, but it's drafting for the important position. Drafting for Again, he might only hold value just because he's a quarterback. But yeah, Mac Jones here at 110. Well, just to, to piggyback on what you just said, I looked it up because I was curious. Mac Jones is the highest scoring rookie quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and this, I mean, it doesn't matter PPR or not because nobody's catch, catching anything. But uh, you got Mac Jones at 22, QB 22 with 111 points. And you got Trevor Lawrence at 24 with 101. Next, you got Justin Fields at sixty nine point nine. Nice, nice. And after that, you've got. And after that, well, you've not got so nice. Zach Wilson at QB thirty four with fifty, and then Trey Lance at thirty five with forty five. So I mean, like these again, these, they're kind of all meh. You know what I mean? Like, but again, in Dynasty, you're not looking for now. You're looking for the whole picture. So yeah, I, I think Mac Jones was was definitely going to be the guy that I wanted. I'm up at the one eleven. And after I pick, I'll run it all down so Rocky can finish this strong. But I want to make sure I, I, I say this loud and clear. Michael Carter, I think, is worth easily worth 
the 111 in my book. I think that, yes, Elijah Mitchell's had some come on lately and and everybody's looking like he might be the guy. But Shanahan loves cycling court, uh, running backs and I just don't trust it. Trey Sermon, who knows where he's going to go in the circuit draft if he goes at all. I gain well. I don't like him. I think running backs are hard to find and I like getting them in rookie drafts, even in super flex. So, yeah, I, it's got to be Michael Carter for me at the 111. And then before we let Rocky wrap up the first, let me recap real quick. We had 101 Kyle Pitts, 102 Jamar Chase, 103 Najee Harris, 104 Justin Fields, 105 Trevor Lawrence, 106 Trey Lance, 107 Jalen Waddle, 108 Devonta Smith, 109 Javante Williams, 110 Mac Jones, 111 Michael Carter, leaving the obvious Zach Wilson pick for 112. But let's see if Rocky follows through. I hate back to back Jets. That'd be crazy. <laughs> You're gonna make me pick Zach Wilson here. I had, I had to. Don't you don't have to. You don't have to. There's other receivers I you could take. Like, I, I like that Carter pick. Uh, I I don't know that I would have taken him that high. Even even if you would pick, pick Zach Wilson, I'm not sure I would have picked him here. I just think the, uh, the running love backs Michael fall Carter. off a cliff. No, but the the running backs fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like I just man, I don't know. I I just I like getting them in rookie drafts. I don't mind reaching for them there. You know, their value is pretty high. So, yeah, I'm fine. with it. I think Etienne's the next obvious one, right? Like, I think after, yeah. like, because I don't think any of the other rookies have really touched. But like, even, consider, even Williams hasn't produced that much. But, yeah, I like, I did consider been. Etienne. But, again, like, I, he hasn't played in his injury. Like, he, he's yeah. easily a second rounder for me. I don't like taking him in the first year. But that's a valid valid argument, yes. It's funny because I'll take all victory lap on Carter, too, because I had him as the clear RB4 in this class. Like, Me I know too. Evan was in on Ser- Sermon, but I kind of avoided Sermon. And I, did, I didn't really have that much Carter, but certainly more um, in some important spots. And yeah. I know some people were saying, like, even like a you know, the 208, you're still still wasting the pick there on Carter. But, uh, you know, nah. looking pretty good now. Yep. Yeah, he's got great PPR value. And, and he basically, when I looked at him uh, coming out, he could do basically everything. He just lacked the size. And... Uh, he's kind of showing that now he's running well, he's, he's catching the ball. Um, and I'm trying to stall here because I don't want to make this pick. Um, <laughs> I am going to pick Zach Wilson oh, wow. for the same reason that I picked Trey Lance. I think I can get more for him than I could get for anybody else. So I will hold my nose pick Zach Wilson and then immediately trade him to some Zach Wilson truther that thinks he could be, you know, still a thing. Uh, what are you throwing? I've got Mac Jones. What are you throwing on top of Wilson to get Mac Jones? I'm not giving more than a second on top of Zach Wilson. Is it the very next pick? Then I can take, uh, I was, I was yeah, there thinking, you go. Like, I'll give you the 201. Okay. I'll take, I'll take I'll uh, the, my 203. Wilson and Bateman, I guess, or Wilson and Etienne. Wilson okay. Fryermuth, I guess there's they're all all three are good options, but yeah. Well, I, I uh, want to say this though, real quick. I think that that this is counter to what Kyle was saying, but you draft for talent, you trade for need, right? You, you, <laughs> I'm just picking on you, Kyle. But no, like you, this, you're hitting the nail on the head here, Rocky. There's a lot of lessons to be learned here in general when you're rookie drafting. It's not about your team. It's not about what you think is best. It's what can you get for them. There's a lot of rookie drafts that I've been in where I'm like, I don't like this player at all but he's easily the most valuable asset left on the board. And I will gladly take that guy and trade him. And yes, it's not a smart move to draft with the mindset to trade. And it depends on your league and yada, yada. But I would rather have the valuable asset that I think I can get more for than reach for someone who who fits my team or is someone I like. So I, as much as I knew you'd hate to do that, I thought it was a valuable lesson for our listeners to learn. 
sometimes taking the right guy hurts and sucks and you don't like it, but it's a smart move. And in, in Dynasty, with the way we play this game, you got to play smart. Don't play with your heart. Play with your head, all that. So I'm proud of you, Rocky. I'm proud. And I, I have zero actual Zach Wilson because nobody in any drafts then was letting him fall to the 112. But I well, probably would have drafted him at the 112 if I had to. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say exactly. You know, it's funny. I had uh, I got Mac Jones at a couple leagues at the 110, 111. And look, that's right where he went, 110. Right. Like that actually looks like a great pick. You know what I mean? But like yeah. a, a lot of people took Zach Wilson at 104 and 105, you know, are happy to get him at 105. I I'm glad I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't have a single Zach Wilson. And like in a, I'm sorry. Ten team, ahead, in Joe. a 10 team super uh, like super flex uh, contract salary league, I took uh, Michael Carter at 108. And I had the two or 208. Sorry. And I had the 204 as well. Uh, and that's where Mac Jones actually went. I ended up trading the pick to get I think it was Devin Singletary and Robbie Anderson. <laughs> running back right i need the running back but like like mac jones fell to 204 right like that like i'm sure that wasn't the only league where he fell to the second round either um like i and i, I don't really like pits that much either but I, to the same thing like i i like his name at least his first name anyway uh but uh like you know i probably uh, the running back guy would have preferred harris there like at, you know the running back guy would have preferred williams over waddle but just felt like again what's the more valuable piece considering the the settings and i mean the wide receiver it's not so much the settings it's Everyone loves young wide receivers, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and as I said, that first round, everybody was pretty much. A, I have the ADP from May. Uh, DLF doesn't do rookie ADP after May, so uh, and uh, everyone was a first rounder except Michael Carter that we picked. It's just a different order there. So, um, we I, I know we, we were thinking maybe we we'd cut it off at one, but you know what? We've gone this far. We're already going to be super long. What the hell? We'll let's just keep going. It. But let's let's just uh, let's talk even less about these guys. We'll just give just a couple sentences. The other ones don't have to comment on it, and we'll just Perfect. let people know where we're at. Uh, so just a few sentences on the guy you pick, and then we'll just move on to the next bit. All right. So I think at two, I will go Rashad Bateman. Um, I think before the draft, he might have been my wide receiver two of the class. Um, I think Waddle, the the like how high he was taken and, and the the landing spot also seemed to to fit really well, and that's kind of what elevated him. But yeah, I really like uh, really like Bateman, and and I've kind of been on the side of more of believing in Lamar Jackson long term as a quarterback than not. Uh, seems like that's been a really polarizing guy, but uh, I, I didn't hate the offense. So uh, and I you know when Bateman hasn't really exploded yet, but Lamar Jackson's played super well, so I think that can only get uh, grow better as it goes longer. So uh, yeah, I'll go with Rashad Bateman here. All right, I'm I'm up at 202. I'll take Rondell Moore. I think he's he's got a similar story to, to Rashad Bateman. I think he's tied to Kyler Murray. I like what he's done already. I mean, he's had a couple of flashy games, a lot of target share. I mean, I'm fine with that at 202. Give me give me that, you know, potential upside of a wide receiver two behind Hopkins. I love it, Rondell Moore for sure. Okay, and that leads me to 203. And I never would have done this back in May, but I'm going to take Kadarius Tony. Um, <sighs> <laughs> he's shown he's shown really nice flashes. Uh, injury concerns which i think were also a bit of an issue in college uh but but when he's been on the field he's looked nice and uh i I think if he can if he can stay healthy especially with everybody on the giants getting injured all the time he can he can shoot up in value uh from where he's even where he's at now which is already higher than he was you know you know prior to the season so uh kyle take give give us the 204 and i think uh it's 
like you just said, like back again, back in May, certainly, but even before he got hurt, like this player would have fallen to the 204 in a rookie draft. I think everyone would have that. Like, that's nuts. He, like, he might be the RB1 in the class. Like, I, I considered him instead of Bateman, I considered him instead of Mac Jones, but yeah, I'll go Travis Etienne here. Yeah, it's not my RB one, by the way. And, and and I mean, I'll pull the, I'll pull the Urban Meyer and, and you know not the, the other stuff, but like, uh, oh no, Kadarius Tony's gone. Let's get Etienne. Ah, there you go. <laughs> he got taken. You know, he got swiped out from under us, so we had to take Etienne. I don't okay, mind so Etienne. Well, I just I don't mind ETN there. I think that's a fine spot for him. He's risky, but I mean, at this point, it's second round picks. You never know. With that in mind, actually, I'm going to go with the guy who's playing tonight, Elijah Moore. I do think his talent is is tremendous. I think he's got a lot of potential upside. If if he and um, Mike White, the great Mike White, if he and uh, and he and Mike can become a thing, I mean, I think it's got potential. So I'll, I'll go Elijah Moore here again. Two oh five. You're not risking much. I don't know. Feels like a, a pretty good talent at that rate. And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but he's kind of having his breakout game tonight. He's five for 75 with two touchdowns with Josh Johnson at quarterback for most of the game. So uh, <laughs> two touchdowns. Dang, I benched him. Great. Yeah. Uh, so that leaves me at the 206. And I am going to go with the tight end premium, Pat Fryermuth, ah. uh, which is probably around where he was going in rookie drafts. Uh, I liked him a lot then. Uh, I think we'd be talking about him a little more if Kyle Pitts didn't exist uh, because he's looked very good as well. And he's now, he's now basically the starting tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers halfway into his rookie season. Uh, so I'll go with Pat Fryer with the 206. You're up Kyle 207. Yeah. 207. This one's tricky. Um, I really didn't like this player very much, uh, but again, value and what he's done and, and you know it's a bit of scarcity at the positions now we, t- we talk about what the scarce positions are we, you know we think quarterback there's really no viable quarterbacks here I, i'm not gonna i mean davis mills has started but yeah i'm, I'm still too early on him uh, i don't even think he'd be the one i'd want to take anyway to be honest um if i was taking any of those uh those other three quarterbacks i don't think it, it would be mills um i'm gonna go elijah mitchell uh, not the hugest fan of him coming out, but like he's getting the work with the 49ers, and that's not a, really a backfield I want to invest in very heavily. Uh, but yeah, he's been he's been pretty solid. He's been producing, and looks like he's going to be the the lead back there. I mean, lack of pass catching. To be fair, that team doesn't really throw that, or yeah, they really don't throw that much anyway. So like, I feel like all the backs are going to have a lack of pa- pass catching on that team. So yeah, Elijah Mitchell here. Yeah. He was the next guy on my board, so yeah, same for me. Oh, okay. If he was still value. there, yeah, I was gonna value change yeah. draft for value. Yep. I think there's a there's a couple of tier breaks we've already passed through, but I think Elijah Mitchell finishes that next tier. Like after this, it's all kind of like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay, so I'm gonna go with who I think has a lot of upside as long as the team gets a new quarterback, and that's Terrace Marshall Jr. I think he's still got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of talent. I really like what he's been able to do. Um, but Darnold ain't it, and and we thought he might have been. And I know coming into the year, I had Terrace Marshall right around that same rank at that 208 spot. But I don't know. Makes a little nervous. But I'll still go here. It's a, it's a minimal risk in my mind. The talent's going to win out. I like Terrace Marshall a lot. So that's fine for me. And you guys took my next two guys on my board. So and it really is like ugh, at this point. Um, I am going to go with and, and this guy I don't expect to ever really be a, a starter uh, on his even on his team necessarily. Uh, I think he's going to be a committee guy, uh, but I don't think anybody left is someone that's going to be dependable for you. 
but he, he's looked really well in, in the chances he's gotten. I'm going Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Going here. So <laughs> uh, Kyle was glad I took Khalil Herbert. Uh, <laughs> I, thought, I mean, he's done well, but I thought you were sniping me on, on the player I wanted more than anything. But yeah, Herbert's a good pick there. Well, since I was clearly talking about a running back, I'm guessing you're going Trey Sermon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, although another team that is kind of a headache committee like the 49ers, uh, mm. but I, I, I loved the tape. Like I was really high on him pre-draft. I think I almost even proclaimed after the draft happened and Sermon went to the 49ers, like, no, this, this guy's actually the RB five and Sermon's the RB six, but uh, you know, hasn't, uh, hasn't even in some games, he's not even active, but I really like Ramondre Stevenson. So I'm willing to take him here. Uh, might be a little early again. I certainly think Elijah Mitchell's way earlier than what he would have went earlier. Uh, but yeah, I think Stevenson's uh, the guy I want here at, uh, what are we at? We're at uh, 210. Yeah, that's, that's who I would have taken there. I think that's, I mean, again, Stevenson's, he's not in the best committee, but that's a smart pick. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, my next one up, I, I'm, I guess I'm surprised, but also not surprised he's still there, but that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Wow, I think that he's, he, he's one of those guys that could see a lot of, he's got some talent. He went late in the draft, right? He, he didn't get a lot of buzz, but he, I mean, no one else on that team catching balls. We've all heard that narrative all year. And I think he's still got some potential. If golf stays or not, I'm not really that worried. I think St. Brown's still got, you know, enough talent to make it worth it. So at 211, I think that's an easy pick for me. I'll take that one. And then so Rocky, do you want to go through the second round real quick before you take your last one just so we can recap? Yeah. So the second round uh, started with Rashad Bateman at 201, Rondale Moore, Kadarius Tony. Travis Etienne at 204, then Elijah Moore, Pat Firemuth, Elijah Mitchell, Terrace, Mitchell, uh, Terrace Marshall, Khalil Herbert, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, that leaves it to me. Uh, Trey Sermon, then? Is that it? <laughs> Kellen Mond? <Keep>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to go with an eagle, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, should have seen uh, it coming. Yeah, he's he's had spurts here and there. Uh, he's got some PPR value. Again, there's nobody all that great left. Uh, you know, Nico Collins maybe has looked a little, has shown a little bit uh, as we've gotten further in the season. Uh, he he was on IR for a little bit, but since he's come back, he's he's uh, caught a few passes here and there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard maybe a consideration, but I was never a big Chuba fan, um, and I. Really, he hasn't impressed me that much with what he's done since CMC has been out. Uh, he's had some nice volume games, but uh, I don't really – I'm not a Chuba guy. So I'm going to go again with Kenneth Gainwell. I think he could have some PPR value, hang around the league for a while. Uh, 212, what the hell. So I, I like that, and I, I just I want to I want to piggyback on this real quick. I think that Gainwell's a fine pick. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. I think you said it, Chuba, and it's like, well, he scored some points, but is that long term? It's hard to know. I mean, you, we've been joking about Trey Sermon. Who knows? Maybe he becomes a good pick in a year or two. Who? I mean, all these guys at this range. Ugh. Even if somehow CMC wasn't there next year, I don't think Chuba is going to be the guy oh, either. I so. agree. I agree. Yeah. So, and Gainwell's never going to be the guy for any team, but I could see him hanging around the league for eight years, catching 40, 50 balls as he, as he improves and, and hopefully gets a better coach. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of, he kind of does remind me of Naeem Hines though. Right. And I, I think mm -hmm. like if, if you can carve out Naeem Hines role, like that's probably worth this. Uh, I would have liked to see Chuba in the second round, but uh, I should, maybe I should have taken him instead of Stevenson just to have the Canadian in, but uh, oh, well, I'm not so patriotic, <laughs> I guess. 
Okay, so... Real quick, the only other thing I want to bring up, which I think is worth mentioning, is that Amari Rogers was not taken, De'Ami Brown was not taken, Nico Mm -hmm. Collins was not taken, and I think one that is worth an honorable mention if we're doing any of those is Tutu Atwell. Let's, real quick, let's paint the (laughs) picture, because Tutu Atwell went really early to a team that didn't have a lot of draft picks and didn't need him, but they just, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is no longer on the team. They just traded their other second and third round picks for Von Miller, they don't have any other options. Like, I don't know what else they're going to do. I think Tutu is going to have to get the ball. So, I mean, again, I think he's not a second round pick, but he's still somebody that you might be able to get for real cheap in your dynasty league that I think might not be a terrible stash, especially on a rebuild. I mean, I think, again, it's it's hard to know what that team is up to, but they just don't like picks. And if they're not taking anybody in the draft, I don't know, maybe Tutu becomes a guy. I don't know. You and can have him cheap. That's yeah, what I, yeah. I don't think managers <laughs> – I don't think any manager invested heavily in him because, like, I don't know about Correct. you guys, but I was seeing him go in the fourth round of rookie drafts. So, like, yep, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, some leagues maybe that he got into the third, but like, well, even the ones that the teams that have him, even the, the most staunch believers, didn't really invest much in him. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Like, you might be able to make a trade that's it's a third or a fourth round pick of your own, and the other manager is like, well, it's better than I had. You know what I mean? Like, at least I'm upgrading. Because I do think that he's he's more of a hold than he is a buy. I'm not saying to go get two. I'm not saying like, oh my god, you got it. I'm just saying he's one of those players that could see a really good value uptick if he becomes the fourth receiver after Van Jefferson, or you know, heaven forbid, Robert Woods leaves or Cooper Cup gets hurt or something. Like he's he's only an injury or so away from having relevance, and that team isn't going to draft anybody next year. I mean, hell, it might be two years before they draft anybody. And that bodes well for a player like Tutu Atwell, who they spend a lot of draft capital that they don't have on. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's worth a it's worth an investment that no one is talking about. That's all I wanted to bring. I'll, I'll let you have all the Tutu shares. Andrew. That's fine. I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind wearing the Tutu. That's fine. There you go. Okay, so hour and a half into the podcast. Now it's time for find me a trade. Uh, so this one was submitted by Lobo's Fantasy Football Den. Fun, fun Twitter name there. Uh, at Lobo's FF Den. It's um, a sleeper league, twelve team PPR super flex. No tight end premium though. Uh, Twenty eight man rosters and starts ten QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, uh, tight end, two flex, and the super flex position. Uh, he says my QB position seems to be set for now. Uh, yeah, Andrew's actually going to give the rosters, but he actually talks a little bit about his roster here. Um, for now, oh, no, plus no. my future with Herbert, Stafford, and Fields. My RB position is strong with Swift Harris and hopefully healthy Gibson. And he's got two solid wide receivers. Thinks he needs a third strong uh, wide receiver option to contend. Uh, he's five and three, so he's in the mix. And uh, would love to potentially acquire another wide receiver two to boost my depth he says so andrew you want to get into his full roster and then we'll get into the trades i am trying to but it's not pulling up but i can i can read (laughs) through it again it's it's we don't have that many viewers at the moment anyway but his roster is i think he's got a pretty solid roster i think i like his his uh, breakdown but at quarterback it is a super flex league let's let's double check we remember that he's got uh justin herbert matt stafford justin fields and drew Locke. it's not terrible for a, a super flex league. I think that there is some room for improvement maybe and all that, but I don't mind that as a quarterback stable. I mean, that's, that's pretty good for the, for the now and the future, you know, so to speak. Um, after that, we've got running backs. He's got Najee Harris, Philip Lindsay, which is mm, uh, Deandre Swift on a buy Antonio Gibson on a buy Anthony McFarland, uh, Alexander Madison, you know, Benjamin, uh, Garrett Patterson. It's running a little slow here. Here we go. Uh, 
And then I think he had somebody. No, that's it. So the, the, his running backs are pretty solid if you look at it from Harris, Gibson, and Swift. And again, they're on a bye, so that changes things. Uh, his receivers, pretty solid again at the top anyway. He's got A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, the aforementioned Van Jefferson, aforementioned Nico Collins, Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. uh Demarcus Robinson, Kendrick Bourne, Gabriel Davis, Frank Darby, Anthony Schwartz, Josh Palmer. So it kind of falls off a cliff there, talent-wise. But again, not a bad stable. Uh, tight end, he's got Cole Komet, but only starting him because no offense on COVID. Then he's got, uh, obviously, no offense, no offense uh, Blake Jarwin, Hunter Bryant, and Noah Gray, who I think is an interesting flyer. I'm not sure if this team is, is if these rosters are deep enough to, to make all of these guys worth rostering. So I mm-hmm. would probably be looking at, at you know, maybe making a move in waivers and things like that, but we're not here to do that. Let's find him a trade. Uh, Rocky, why don't you start off? What, what trade did you come up with? And then we'll kind of pivot into Kyle's because yours are, are both pretty similar. If I recall. Yes, they are. Um, so I basically, I had looked at it and I, I, I I'm often the guy who comes up with the bigger trades on the show. Um, I looked at possibly moving AJ Brown, maybe turning him into two wide receivers or even two wide receivers plus, depending on who they were, try and get him some depth because I do think he needs some depth here. Um, in addition to, like he said, a starting third wide receiver, even. Uh, but like we said, he basically just says, I think, really the three running backs also, uh, which were all very good, but. But I couldn't find anything there. So I couldn't find a value match that I liked for A.J. Brown where I was getting the quality of wide receivers I wanted to stick in this lineup and thinking it would work for both teams. So I ended up going smaller and trading. Uh, a, he does not have his first in either of the next two years. Um, but he has his 22 second um, to a team, I believe it was ATM responsibly, for Brandon Cooks. And maybe this isn't enough for the Cooks owner. Uh, I think a second may get him, but if not, I'd add a smaller piece. Uh, he has a third, which is actually that uh, manager's own third. And then, uh, or he is, could maybe throw in, instead of the third, one of his young, what I called unstartable wide receivers, like a Josh Palmer or Anthony Schwartz, or, or that group of guys you named uh, at the end of his wide receiver core. Um, so it gives him some, uh, gives him that third wide receiver. Uh, it doesn't leave him with a lot of 22 draft capital, but I'm not that worried about that. His team's young. The 22 draft class looks only so-so at this point. And uh, in the second round anyway, it's basically going to be all receivers anyway. So, And Cooks is a guy, he's not young per se, but he's definitely not old either. He's, I think, going to be 28 next year. He still gives you a few good years. And uh, the team he's trading him to, ATM, uh, responsibly is 2-6. and six. Uh, it looks like he was clearly trying to compete. He has like Lockett on his roster. He's got Kelsey. Uh, he's got some other guys like that. Thielen, I believe, who uh, Kyle's going to talk about. And uh, but but I feel like he has to realize at this point his team is going nowhere. Uh, he's two and six points wise. I think he's something like ninth in the league, eighth or ninth in the league, something like that. Uh, so he should be wanting to move on from, from cooks and those kind of guys. So I think it's something you could easily get done and would definitely help your team. Cooks is super. I, I think even after the way this year started, it's still super underrated because he did have a few bad games there with Davis Mills, but the guy just produces year after year after year. He's actually done it with some of these games with David Mills. And now he's getting Taylor to Rod Taylor back. Uh, I love cooks. Uh, he may be on another team next year and he'll produce there too. So uh, that's what I'd be looking to do. Just a, a smaller thing like this. 
you don't uh, upset uh, your team too much. You keep all that nice young starting talent and add just a little piece here to maybe see if it helps you uh, down the stretch. And I, and I think one of the things like looking through like the, like who are the, the contenders and who are the teams that are like, should be aiming for rebuilds. I think the bottom four teams in the standings in the league are all pretty committed to the rebuild. And outside of ATM responsibly, a lot of those teams have like several picks. I, I think it's, I think it's the team that's in 11th place has multiple firsts next year. And like, I think like half the second round. So for ATM responsibly, this is a way to get back in the second round. So I, I do think that second round pick is kind of uh, the way I'd, I'd be going and targeting a team like that. And you said it yourself. Um, Lobos has ATM responsibly's third. So I package both those picks. Give that team back some draft capital. I think it'll be an early third as well. Uh, to, as you mentioned, get Adam Thielen and you know try and get a, a, another RB thrown in. And they had a few. I was thinking Ronald Jones is the one I want to outline here, but they had a few other options. Maybe they th- that particular manager values Jones higher and that wouldn't be attainable. But I think you could swap any running back in there and, and just get depth at two positions like give up multiple picks uh again this team like like you mentioned rocky it's young so doesn't really need next year's draft class to help bolster that youth mm-hmm. really what they need is pieces to contend like and uh, the way i see it, like you mentioned they've already given up their first may as well go all in and, and you know if you need to rid yourself of all the picks if it, if it means buying pieces to win so i like this trade uh you also mentioned it too if like if you need to add another piece Schwartz or Palmer, one of the two rookie wide receivers would be a kind of a cheap piece where you're not hurting your contending chances. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, a guy like Thielen could, I think, certainly be attainable for a second. Like like you were saying with Cooks, maybe he's still young enough. You might not be able to get a second in every league. I think you give you. I think Thielen could be had for in any league for a second. Like I don't, I don't really see his value being a first anymore just because of his age. Um, and Justin Jefferson being there, he's not producing elite numbers. So I think uh, certainly realistic uh, to have this trade happen and to to get uh, two picks to get and two players back in return. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. And I, my my initial reaction when I saw this is because I mean Thielen is still actually doing pretty well this year so far. A lot of because the, the, he's still not regressing touchdown wise like we all expect. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> um, which is a lot of it. But he, I think he's like wide receiver thirteen or something like that on the year. And I was initial reaction was, can you get him for a second? But I think you're right, especially from a rebuilding team. I don't think they. I don't think anyone's giving them a first uh, for i I'm not sure if he's 30 or 31 at this point, but I know he's in his thirties uh, dealing. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, that, that might even be better than my cook's trade, but uh, you had already come up with it before I had uh, put my cook's trade on there. I, I, I never am in favor of bringing Ronald Jones onto my team, but he's the <laughs> running back that you can get for a third. So, and if Fournette goes down, he he could he you could flip him for maybe something better. So, um, so yeah, I, I like that trade a lot. Probably even a little better than mine. Well, I'll I'll jump in here and just say that of the two, I think they're both the same basic idea, right? Yeah, it, is you're you're basically doing the same kind of move. You're giving away a pick to a team that probably needs a pick in exchange for a player that they're not using. I mean, that's that's kind of rebuilding 101. If you're if you're not scoring points, then don't have them on your team. And picks are a terrific idea. And rebuilders always love picks, regardless of how bad the class is. So, yeah, I mean, that that's usually something you can sell. I'll, I'll pivot into mine. I think it's in the same vein, but a different angle on that same thesis. I think if looking at his team, the one the one player that stood out to me that 
his his value in the community is different than the way I value him is Brandon Ayuk, right? Brandon Ayuk is somebody that if I'm a contender, Ayuk is a cancer on my team because you want to start him, but you shouldn't, right? He's one of those guys that you're just like, man, he should be a startup. I just can't, I just can't pull the trigger. I can't do it. But Andrew. a rebuilder might see that and go, okay, that's worth doing, you know? Real quick, Andrew, before you go on, I- I'm just curious because I know we've both been pretty vocal in not being very high on Ayuk, even before everything that's happened this year. So I was just curious what Kyle's take was on Ayuk. Yeah, I was definitely someone who was, you know, buying into Ayuk more than than Debo Samuel. I don't think I, I think my like dynasty roster ship is basically about equal between the two. Like it was one of those where I was interested in Ayuk a lot more than what was available. Like I just, you know, he was going even earlier than what I was expecting and, and just couldn't get him in a lot of spots. Um, I think one league I got him in as my wide receiver one, it was kind of, okay, go heavy on, on the quarterbacks, the running backs. And, you know, my first wide receivers, sixth round pick. Okay. I'll take Ayuk there. Uh, and you know, clearly it's not paid off to be a wide receiver one on any team. Um, but yeah, it seems like looking at his rookie season, it was better than like fantasy points per game wise, not much better, but better than what Debo had done each of his first two years. So I thought he's like year one, he'd already surpassed Debo, but that clearly has turned out to be not the case. And Debo's put up better numbers than, than what what Ayuk did last year. So it did, you know, teeter totter uh, going back and forth. But I, I I mean, I think, you know, rebuild teams certainly would, would appreciate Ayuk. So to that sentiment, Andrew, you're sending Ayuk to the team that would, ideally be interested in Ayuk. okay the next year the quarterback situation will be more settled and, and like just a better offense for pass catchers in general yeah well, so, and to kind of fully flush yeah. oh it's fine i just <laughs> want to flush the whole trade out too i think that there is some value in that i think Ayuk is is one of the again he's one of those guys i don't like so i tend to trade him away so i would i would look at that and trade with uh rusty shackleford who owns the uh or is managing the team let me make sure i get this right because i thought it was a great name not winless and qb so I don't know quite what the story is there, but I like that team name. But anyway, trade Ayuk and, and again, throwing in a piece like you mentioned, like one of those bench receivers, like even Bourne, if you want, like someone who might have some value to somebody. I don't know. So Ayuk and a bench receiver for Tony and Mooney. And the logic here is I know Tony is is probably not attainable in this trade in this regard, but there is some there is some logic to throwing this trade over to see what they say. You might get a laugh. You might get somebody that goes, hell no, I'm not doing that. But I think there is some value in Ayuk still in the market, and especially on a rebuild. They might see him as the wide receiver, too. Kittle's been hurt. Debo's been hurt. What if he is the guy next year? I mean, there is some hope, you know, still with that, you know, QB change coming for Lance. So I think a rebuilder might look at Ayuk very differently than a contender. And this team, I do think, is a contender. I do think there is a lot on this team to make this a, a title contention. Again, we're only through eight weeks. If you ask me in week 12, that might be different. But right here, he's got a way to run, and he's got – Two but two guys on bye this week, but after that they're good, because uh, I mean Harris has already had his bye, but Gibson and, and Swift being out this week makes his roster look a little weak. But after this, he's clear. Um, so yeah, I think if you can do something like Ayuk for Tony, and then I threw in Mooney because I like him and I think he's got some potential upside. But again, if it's just straight up Ayuk for Tony, I don't hate that. You know what I mean? Like calculators probably have Ayuk valued higher, but I don't know why. And I think that's something that I, I hit on this actually in my fantasy pros article where like trade calculators are a good place to start, but they're by no means a way to finish. You know, let's take a look. Let's see if there's a way to, to value the, if the community values them higher, that does not guarantee that the trade partner you're talking to values them that way. And I think sometimes that gets confused where people say, but that's his value. 
this isn't the stock market, man. That's not how it works. There is no value. It's all made up. We're all valuing players very differently. So I think a calculator might show Ayuk being worth, you know, two Tonys. And in reality, it might take two Tonys to be, you know, or two Ayuks, I'm sorry, to get one Tony. You know what I mean? Like, that's just every league is different. So I like the idea of starting with something like that and maybe trying to build around it. Because I think Tony's got some potential this year to help you down the stretch much more than Ayuk. So that was kind of where my head went with that one. And I had to be different. I had to pick a different player, at least a different manager than you guys did. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Different team. But again, it I is will the say- same idea. We're all trading two players or teams that are rebuilding. I think that's what we're we're all on the same thesis of. That's the idea. That's what we would do in this is attack the teams at the bottom. And that not winless team is one and seven with the worst points for in the league. Like he's not scoring anything. I can't imagine that guy being upset about getting anybody on his team at this point for next year. So, you know. And what you were saying, Andrew, like, okay, you, you might get laughed at, you might get a, a not so nice response, but if you do, that's information you've gained. You suddenly know. know how that manager feels about probably both like the, well, all four of the players really involved, whoever it ends up being. Uh, so I think that's worth like at least sending out just for that. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on with my trade, I guess it, it kind of has to apply to you as well, Rocky. If you're going to sell picks to get a player, you also have to cut players. And Andrew, I think you yes. talked about it nicely. You don't need that many backup tight ends in a league where there's no tight end premium, right? So mm-hmm. those would be like, again, if you're doing the trade I suggested, you get Thielen and Jones, you got to cut two players. You could probably both of them be backup tight ends. So yep. that's uh, just uh, also understanding yeah. if, if you're making a certain trade, like the, the value of the roster spot, right? But, and also, it also he, makes the, it easier to do that throw-in type thing, like an Anthony Schwartz. Yep. Like, do we really mm-hmm. think Anthony Schwartz well, is ever going to be a thing? Well, sure, <laughs> yeah. but also just for the sake of argument, I think this is something we've hit on a couple times on this podcast, and I think you've even hit on it on yours too, Kyle. And I know everybody talks about this, at least the, the people that have you know the, the platform for this. I would be churning those guys for – he's got Tajay Sharp on waivers, Byron Pringle, Mohamed Sanu, Keelan Cole. Like some of these names aren't flashy, but I'd rather have Tajay Sharp and Byron Pringle mm-hmm. – and Anthony Schwartz at this point, Jalen Guyton is still out there. Jalen Richard, you never know. Rex Burkhead, he's getting carries. Like some of these guys, I might, Tommy Sweeney, you know what I mean? Like some of these guys, it's like, I don't know, maybe that's a better player. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's some options there. So, I mean, again, Noah Gray, I love the story, but if you don't have a taxi, which th- there isn't a taxi here, what are we keeping that guy for? You know what I mean? I'd rather have point scorers on my team. Jo- Josiah DeGuara is on waivers, right? And that's a tight end for Green Bay who might get some play. So I'm just looking at this, like Braxton Berrios, who's playing tonight, right? Like. Some of these guys on your team, I get that we're trying to build for the future, but don't be afraid to churn that bottom of your roster. I mean, some of these guys, like Tajay Sharp, for instance, is a, is a pickup, a must pickup, I think, yep. in every league right now with Ridley being out. I mean, like, who else he's do they the have? Yeah, and he's getting balls, exactly. So, like, I, Gage, I think Gage and Zacchaeus haven't been playing well. You could almost argue he's the number one receiver on the team. Yeah, and I mean, again, not trying to, to shame anyone here, but he's got Anthony McFarlane and Eno Benjamin as running backs on his roster. Like, no, those guys are, are are waiver fodder, man. You don't need them on your team. I'd go get some of these guys that are scoring only because, and, and Rocky, you said this earlier, the value of them is higher now. You can put a guy like Taj, Tajay Sharp on your bench and drop Eno Benjamin. No one's picking Eno, Eno Benjamin up, right? Like, even if they do, great. It doesn't matter. He's, he's going to get dropped in two weeks. Tajay Sharp might start putting up points and actually make your lineup. As we go through bye weeks, you might have to start Tajay Sharp. You're never starting Eno Benjamin. That's just not going to happen. And I think a lot of times teams get too bent out of shape looking at the future and going, this young running back could be something. If you're contending, forget all of that. It's all that matters is right here. And we talked about this last week with Brandon and Scott, obviously, is we don't know where this league's going to be in a year. We don't know where it's going to be in three years. You don't know where you're going to be in three years. I mean, play for now every time. And Tajay Sharp is a prime case for that. 
So I might even say, instead of finding a trade, is like, let's go to the waivers. Let's see what we got out there. Let's see if we can churn some stuff and make it make a couple of weeks run. And you start packaging those guys together for a future guy later on or in the offseason. You don't need to worry about 2022, right? Or 2023 or 2020. No, worry about 2021. We're living the now. So that's kind of where I started. You can do both, right? Send the trades out and go yep. pick up the players and com- like completely change your team from two dimensions. Agree? Yep. Totally agree. Um, so this long, long, long episode is finally coming to an end. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I never imagined we go this long. But Kyle, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, why don't you just tell everybody where they can find you, what you're doing, all that good stuff, your Twitter handle. I think I mentioned it at the beginning, but give it to them again. Yeah, you can see it on the screen. It's at Senra says. So yeah, follow, find, follow me there. Uh, DMs are open to message if there are any fantasy questions or any other types of questions, of course. I'll do do my best to answer everything. But uh, it's funny because I, I've been on a few podcasts before and it's like, oh yeah, this is one of our longer episodes. I, I think it's me. I do tend to ramble a little <laughs> bit. So thank you for allowing me to ramble on your show. No, um, anytime. As Andrew mentioned, I, I you know, have my own podcast, Rocky, in the intro you kind of mentioned too. Uh, I'm part of Full Press Coverage. So I've got the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Uh, in season, what we've been doing is kind of just weekly ranking debates. Me and my co-host, Brad Harvin, we just basically compare our rankings. Like, what are the players where we're most different on? And, like, what's the reason we have them there ahead of other players? And I think that's kind of the – it gives kind of – it's not quite a just saying sit-start, but it gives that same type of actionability like that a, a sit-start article or, would have and just kind of in, in podcast form. So I uh, figure that's kind of our best way to help people out uh, in season. Uh, through that, I also host a show on Sunday mornings. Uh, that'll be very much sit start question related. Talk about uh, I've got a, like a spreadsheet that I do for my difficult sit start decisions and kind of what are the factors I look at, like what are the, the metrics and, and some of the things. So I kind of go through and, and share that uh, with going for two as well. I co-host the two point conversion, which is on Monday nights. We usually go uh, live around 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, part of it's a pregame for the Monday, like previewing, doing some prop bets for that. But a lot of time we've got uh, my, my other co-host, uh, Gladys, Dan, but also Dr. James Freddy. And he brings some medical insight. Uh, so a, a big t- chunk of the show is talking about injuries and what what are the what's the actionability from the injuries. And I, I find uh, Dr. Freddy also has a book out. Uh, fantasy, injuries suck, uh, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. And in there, there's like there's a few chapters dedicated to like definitions of injuries, but he's also got uh, one chapter in particular that's like, you know, before a draft, how do you calculate injury risk into like a draft cost? And he's kind of got this his own sort of like version of a replacement value uh, kind of methodology that he uses. So it's the injury stuff and the medical stuff, but also he understands how to apply that to fantasy sports directly. And I know like a lot of the book, it talks about fantasy baseball. He does that too. But like a lot of the same things can kind of be applied to both sports. Anyway, so that's Monday nights on the going for two live network. Uh, We're streaming on all uh, platforms, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook. So uh, yeah, definitely check us out on Monday nights. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that's about everything for me. Okay. Good stuff. Again, thanks for coming on. Uh, I also want to thank Ty Johnson for starting scoring a garbage time <laughs> touchdown with four minutes left that I had to start my redraft league with Swift and Gibson on by. Um, and I'll just finish up real quick with our stuff here. You can follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. Follow me at Dynasty FF Addict. Andrew at Andrew Hall FF. Our third co-host on on this week, Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, 
<coughs> excuse me. Uh, if you have any uh, rosters you want to submit for Find Me a Trade, you can DM to any of those Twitter addresses, and we'll get it on the show. Uh, we're always looking for more, so please uh, send it over if you're interested in hearing us find you a trade. Um, also, make sure you are following and subscribing to the DAP Network. It's at DAP, ne- DAP underscore network on Twitter. Uh, just search DAP Network on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can see when we go live. You can see what Fantasy Timeline goes live. This past week, uh, me and Russ went live on Trade Addicts. Uh, doesn't happen every week, but occasionally we'll, we'll do that too. Uh, so just uh, do all those uh, you know, YouTube kind of things. Subscribe, uh, click the bell so you get notified, all that stuff. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, I guess uh, subscribe to this pod if you haven't already, if this is the first time you're hearing us. Uh, and if you can, please, even if, uh, if you're a longtime listener, just give us a rating and review, preferably a five-star rating. Uh, it helps people find us uh, and, and lets us know what you think. So I think that's it for this week. Andrew, take us out. Ah, what a week. Junkies out.